better to uh, show up late than not at all, right? I suppose that's the saying. Hey guys, episode four. Haven't seen that one. Uh, this is a bit late. Whoops. This is... <laughs> My threw, fault. <laughs> you threw me off. Uh, we're recording it at like 6 p.m. on Sunday right now. I'm still going to upload it right away, but it might not show up until early Monday morning. Yeah. So uh, keep an eye on our social media, at HST1Pod, and I will tweet when the new episode goes live. So it won't typically be like this, um, but next week might be similar, right? I think we, or maybe we might even do it early next week. We're probably going to do early next week. Yeah. I have family coming into, uh, into town to visit, mm-hmm. so. So we might even upload um, early Friday. Saturday yeah. or, or something Saturday. like that. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. You know, we upload this week late, so next week upload a bit early. Yeah. It might bounce out a little All bit. All because of me. Sorry, guys. <laughs> How was your week? Um, pretty uneventful. Um... I got a new villager in Animal Crossing. One of the Sanrio ones? No. Uh, I went island hopping. I couldn't find a villager that I really liked. So I just went with whatever random one showed up on my island. And it happened to be Hamlet. Um, Which, if you guys are familiar, he's this cute little hamster. So he is a jock villager, which like I'm not super into jock villagers. So we'll see how long he lasts. But for now, he can stay on Egg Island. He might get voted off uh, Total Drama Island style. Yeah, yeah, maybe. The other villager. That would be awesome. That would be great the if you could villagers, do that. <laughs> no, no, they gather together at night around the campfire and they throw in their votes. That would be great. Like the one villager who gets eliminated just gets super pissed Leave. off. Get out. That's awesome. Uh, other than that, yep, that was pretty much about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, my week, uh, not too much to talk about. I ended up not playing a whole lot. Didn't buy a lot in terms of figures either. Um, but what I did do is I played the new remaster, or I guess re-release maybe, for uh, Star Wars Republic Commando. You watched me play like 20 seconds of it. Yeah. Whatever like that. It's a first-person shooter. Right. Uh, it originally came out, I think I just looked up at like 2005. Oh, okay. On the original Xbox. Uh, and then PlayStation. And I'm not sure if current Xbox has got the re-release as well, but it came out for PS4 technically. Oh. So I got that. It was only 15 bucks because it's literally, they just brought it up. It's oh. not, it doesn't nice. look beautiful or right. anything like that. It's essentially the same game so this is not the one with cow lightsaber in it right no that's a whole okay yeah totally different this one was way better because i don't know how it works um i think maybe the game came first but there was actually a series of books on star wars republic commando and i remember reading them when i was younger really big fan of them and then i believe it's actually the same characters in this now like i said i think the books are based on the the game at the very least because the uh the commandos don't have any other story aside from maybe comics or graphic novels that Mm -hmm. i'm not aware of but it was a lot of fun i'm surprised how much it's like lasted throughout the years like you can uh once you put your whole squad together you can actually issue commands so like there's like directional options and you can tell them to go kill everything or Mm -hmm. you can tell them to like circle up and like come together and like your character does like hand like military hand motions so he'll do like this like to Check I'm doing a hand motion to Becca. <laughs> um, but he'll do like the ringing the finger around right. type stuff or yeah. like the, the two fingers forward. Yeah. And like, it's really cool. You can actually direct them to go places or 
there will be like maybe random rocks or stuff like that and you can mark that and like hey commando go snipe from that area oh nice or like go uh you can actually when you're aiming at an enemy you can hit x Mm -hmm. and that'll make it as like the the center enemy for all the commandos to like focus fire on okay so it's really interesting how you can like issue all these different commands and your three members there's uh, a sniper a demolitions expert and then a hacker essentially and then like once you get to like a certain area where you need one of those you'll mark it and he's like hey go do that yeah and then it'll just be like covering him for 10 seconds or whatever so it's a lot of fun yeah i didn't finish it yet i got a few hours in if uh, any of you guys listening are big into getting trophies, the the trophies are fairly easy to get here. There was only about 32, I believe, and I got half of them already, and I oh, haven't wow. even beaten the game. Okay, nice. I think the hardest one was beating the game on hard. Yeah. From what it seems like. Some of right. them you might need to look up. I saw one was, like, find the hidden lightsaber. Okay. Or, like, find, like, a, a speeder bike type stuff, like, little mm-hmm. random, like, Easter egg type things that are tied to trophies. But it's a lot of fun. I uh, I really enjoyed it. I was surprised. It's just like with a game that's so old and that's not getting that graphical upgrade or any catering towards it aside from here you go. Yeah. Like, it's really cool to see how much it's actually stood the test of time. Yeah. Nice. They really... It sounded so boomery when I told my buddy this, but like they really don't make games like this anymore. Mm -hmm. Or it's like just single player story, a few hours long. I'm not sure how long it is, like I said. Mm -hmm. And just that be it. Where right. it doesn't have to be tied to a multiplayer component yeah. or you need to buy loot boxes yeah. or anything like that. So if you're looking for something fun to buy, I'd get Republic Commando on the PS4 or PS5. There's only the PS4 version, but you can play it on the 5 too. Mm-hmm. Right. Just no problem. But that's about it for my week. Yeah. We live pretty boring lives. Lately. Yeah. Yeah. It hasn't been, been no. too wild. Nothing going on. Which actually helps us this week because there is a lot to talk about in terms of news. Bum bum! So, I'm sure any of you who are on social media know the things that came out uh, about Ray Fisher. What we're going to do is, uh, we're going to talk about all the other stuff that happened during the week. Because it happened on, I think, Tuesday last week. Hmm. Uh, yeah, Tuesday. So we're going to leave that to the end just because it's like a huge discussion. So right. we'll talk about like all the, the rest of the normal news that happened the week. And then we'll get back to that since that's the biggest thing, at least for, for this week. The news. And then after news, we'll talk about Falcon Winter Soldier, episode four. And then we will talk about Promising Young Woman. So I can't wait to talk Woo. about that. So to start us off, last Saturday... Uh, Childish Gambino slash Donald Glover, yes. however however spicy you're feeling, <laughs> uh, he posted on Instagram that Atlanta Season 3 has begun filming. Hell yeah, boys! Atlanta is a great show. I believe, love that show. I think we watched it on Hulu. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I, I could be wrong. I almost want to say it's a CW show. I don't sure. remember. I can't remember. Um, probably not CW. They're too busy with all the DC stuff. Ah, right. But... If you've never seen Atlanta, just look up Atlanta Game of Thrones, and that'll tell you everything you need to... That's still the funniest shit. It's a good show. Well, you remember the Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 (laughs) I don't want to spoil anything if you guys haven't seen uh, Atlanta yet. Definitely give it a watch, though, for sure. The next... I'm trying to, like, work on getting the... The transitions yeah. in, like I try to pull anything I can. You try to work every week. I'm not, that's what why is there's this like four weeks in. You're still yeah. Hey, still if you, work shopping. If you think about it, like the way you said it, it's been a month. <gasps> You've done this for a month. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Whoa. 
I know, but, like, I try to grab onto anything, and I look at, like, the next topic, I'm like, well, that's not gonna work. Yeah. I guess I'll just sit in silence and then awkwardly transition. Transition. We need, like, you know how in PowerPoint, (laughs) when you used to make a PowerPoint, you could do, like, the transition slides (laughs) where it would, like, whoosh to the next slide or, like, all pixelate and everything? I wish we could do that, but, like, with our voices. Should I just say whoosh and then start the... (laughs) Like literally, okay, hold on. I'll let me let me try. Atlanta season three began filming. Whoosh. No, you gotta do it better than that. You gotta like. No, no, but it sounds shitty on purpose. Oh, that might be okay. I suppose. Workshopping it. We're workshopping. We're workshopping. The next thing that happened. (laughs) That'll do for. uh, The Loki trailer came out, which we literally just watched before recording. I tend to uh, wait on watching trailers and whatnot until we can watch them together but are you good i think i fucked up my headphones <laughs> you fucked up your headphones How, what did you do are you pulling the cord i think it was what i whooshed <laughs> you you whooshed oh, and broke the we're headphones. back we're oh hold on you, you, okay we're I'm doing having, this live i'm, not, I'm having technical difficulties. i'm not stopping just keep this. talking it's fine i'll figure it out okay well the uh yeah the loki trailer came out which we literally just watched yes we did and i when I heard about it originally, I didn't think much of it. Like, I, I figured it was just for the Tom Hiddleston stance. Right. But I'm impressed with how much fun it looked. It just looked... It looks like an interesting concept. Ridiculous. Yeah. Not stupid, but it looked so, like, outlandish right. type thing. Well, what, like, really caught my eye was it was cool when Owen Wilson's character, which if you, you saw that was Owen Wilson. I did recognize that was Owen Wilson. Okay. He didn't say wow, so I well, didn't know yeah. if you could have. I know Lightning McQueen when I see him. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, what really caught my eye, though, was when he was showing Loki, like, the, the branching timelines. Yeah. And which they showed us in Infinity War with right, uh, the ancient right. one when she yeah. showed bruce that like everything's a straight line but then there's like the diversion points yeah what i thought was cool was one of them it looked like they were going to be connecting mm. like one of the, the i split didn't offs. notice that yeah so i wonder if that's going to tie into probably any of the, the yeah. fucked up shit he's done that's true to the to the timeline yeah because he's technically the 2012 loki from avengers oh right because they brought him back huh well, no, because he, when they went back in time in Endgame, right. he took the Tesseract and left. Yeah. Yeah, so he's 2012 Loki. Right. I don't know if, like, he'll remember the shit that he did afterwards, right. or... I mean, obviously, in Infinity War, he, he died. Right. So, not sure Whoa, how that... Whoa, I totally forgot about yeah, all that. I'm Dang. not sure how the, the weird timeline stuff yeah, will work out Yeah, that makes it way more interesting. Himself. Okay. I know people were theorizing because I don't know a whole lot about Loki and we're getting to that point with Disney where I don't know what's happening with the the Marvel stuff. Right. But people were saying that in the comics there's like a kid version of Loki for a little bit. Oh, really? So we might start seeing different versions of Loki in different universes. Right. So it's possible he could run into his Infinity War self or something like that. Yeah. Speaking of Infinity War. Okay. Godzilla versus Kong. (laughs) Whoosh. <laughs> so. <laughs> Whoosh. So for Godzilla vs. Kong, which just came out last week. Yes. The numbers have been calculated for the viewership on HBO Max. Okay. Because I don't believe HBO has actually had like the official numbers come out. Yeah. People have just kind of theorized based on whatever algorithms or things like that. Mm-hmm. 
So the estimated viewership was 3.6 million people in the U.S. Okay. In the first five days of release. That's a lot. Which is a lot. Five days. Yeah. Just in HBO Max, by the way. That's not even counting theaters. Theaters, right. However many people went there. To put this into perspective, uh, Wonder Woman 84 had 2.2 million from Christmas to the 27th. Okay. The Snyder Cut had 1.8 million from the 18th to the 21st. Mm Mm-hmm. Falcon and Winter Soldier had 1.7 from... Uh, the 19th to the 21st in March. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's an episode, but yeah. that was one of the comparisons I saw. I mean, it's a big deal with a new Marvel show right. starting. And WandaVision was 1.6 million from January 15th to the 18th. Okay. And it was calculated as well that Godzilla versus Kong's... Godzilla versus Kong's U.S. household viewership in its first three days, so from the 31st to the 2nd, mm-hmm. was 2.6 million. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. Yeah. I don't know that many people. So whether uh, Legendary... I mean, Warner Warner is the distributor for that, but I'm not sure if Legendary is the... Why are you looking me, at me like I would know this It's more talking out loud. And yeah, because like, like, I have no idea. We'll see, like, <laughs> when I look at you when I talk, it's almost like I'm staring at a blank chalkboard. And, yeah, like, there's I'm just I'm no, verbally writing the thoughts. There's no thoughts going on in this head. Yeah, yeah, I'm verbally writing the thoughts <laughs> on your chalkboard head. Wow, thank you. So I can... <laughs> I watched too much Chalk Zone as a kid. Rudy's got the chalk. I turned into the Chalk Zone. But that's crazy. I don't know what their plan was for the the monster verse going forward but like at this point they've got to do something yeah, obviously I mean, the viewership really is well. there at the very least the viewership is there for people who are at home right i know that there were rumors that at the very least millie bobby brown would be back for another godzilla movie which i don't know why but that mm. kind of means that there's yeah. at the very least another godzilla, godzilla movie planned movie. right i mean at this point though i'd i'd rather have like a prequel when there were like a bunch of kaiju around. Oh, like give yeah. me like that a Kong awesome. a Kong prequel in Hollow Earth. Oh damn. That would yeah. be fun. Oh spoilers maybe. I mean eh. Eh. who cares? Sorry. Speaking of fan favorites, because Kong is my favorite. Oh, I... Okay. You tried. Peeps are in the news again. Why? <laughs> <laughs> so Deadline reported that a Peeps animated movies in the works. No! Yes. No! Yes. This is going to turn out like the Emoji movie all over again. Or the Lego movie, is, which that's what they're probably hoping for. Oh. Oh. Is that <laughs> it? That's all you got? I... You broke I, the headphones again, didn't you? I did. Okay. How about you You take them off and you can try to oh, twist the cord. I there forgot I could do that. There you go. Oh my Look god. At, just the, the blank chalkboard over there. But yeah, peeps are back in the news. Fan favorite. Of the podcast, Peeps. Shout if out, Peepsy Peeps. isn't in the movie, I'm going to be... That's it. I'm not watching it. Well, Peepsy's not a thing. It's It should be a thing, but... Well, yeah, but so Peeps they should take Pepsi. it and put it in the movie. See, I think using the letter P a lot is really bad for the plosives for the podcast. So we're going to move on from this squishy marshmallow candy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of squishy marshmallow candy... Where are you going with this? E3 2021. <laughs> no! I, I really like these, like, non 
transitions. Not doing they really, anything. They really do something for me. Okay. So we reported last week about E3 potentially being, well, it was going to be online only, but potentially being paid for in some regard. Right. And you're good? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Live troubleshooting because uh, Becca broke her headset. I, di- I didn't break it. I just, I did something when I was just whooshing all over the place. I okay. got too excited. Okay. <laughs> uh, but E3 has actually come forward with a bit more news regarding their new uh, showing this year. So what they have said was that E3 will come back in June and in digital form, which is what people yeah. learned. And it's going to be backed by Nintendo, Xbox, Capcom, Konami, Ubisoft, Take-Two, Warner Bros., and Coach Media, K-O-C-H, not sure the pronunciation. Mm. Obviously, that means that Sony... EA, Activision, Blizzard, Sega, Bandai Namco, and Square Enix are not there. Which those are those, big names. Those are big names. Um, what the what E3 has said, though, is that since this isn't going to take place until mid-June, mm-hmm. it's possible for companies to jump in if to they feel like in. they want to. Yeah, but Sony didn't want anything to do with No, yeah, Sony doesn't. E3. But like these smaller ones with like okay. maybe... Uh, Sega, Bandai Namco, Square Enix. To like, jump in. Okay. Yeah. They, gotcha. they still have the opportunity to come in if they want to. That makes sense. And their official quote was that the ESA is working to, quote, amplify and make this content available to everyone for free. And okay. And what people are saying is this may take the form of media-only days to where only the media is allowed to to view parts of E3 or something like that. So then, like, they get their... The equivalent of, like, a backstage pass okay. is what it seems like. Yeah. So if this is what it takes for E3 to be free, which is yeah. an ad show, then yeah. sure. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Next bit of news. Thanks for covering for me, Becca, while Sorry. I scroll. Picking your nails. Oh, you're good, homie. <laughs> so, speaking of video games, though, is that all wrapped up? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Speaking of video games, actual transition. Sony. I know them. (laughs) These interjections are like worthless. By the way, I'm trying to interact with you. you, Okay, back up a little bit. If you're, (laughs) if you come in with a a witty thing or you know, the the alley oop into the basketball (laughs) net, totally fine. But you just bullet a china shot. (laughs) That's what you do to this. You you should know that's me, though. This is a shit show already. Let me just... Alright, I had my transition. Video games. <laughs> Sony has announced their first ever theme and water park. What? Yeah, man. So here, this is... So this is actually Sony's division of, like, movies. Like, Sony official movies that they finance and everything. Okay. So, not video games. Right. Not a video game theme park. That would be too crazy. But some of the rides are going to be based on movies like Men in Black, Jumanji, Bad Boys, and Ghostbusters. Okay. So it's going to open in October 2021 mm-hmm. in, forgive my pronunciation, uh, Bangsaray, Thailand. Oh, it's So this be in is Thailand. in Thailand, which oh. I find interesting because Sony's a Japanese company. Right. But, I mean, maybe Jap- Japan doesn't have, like, the, the room for a theme park, know. maybe? I'm not going to pretend to know. <clears throat> So I thought that was kind of cool. That is pretty cool. I remember going to Disney World and Universal as a kid and yeah. 
uh, going on the Scooby-Doo ride a lot. Oh. Which isn't based on a movie, really, but yeah. it, it wasn't like the live-action movie. It was like... It was a haunted house, I think, but it was like a ride that you sat in. And oh, okay. I remember being in line for like two hours, Ugh. and it was like a 10-minute a ride. <laughs> that's Disney, though. Yeah, that's And Universal, true. specifically. I, I only went to... What's the one in Florida? Disney World? World? Land? I mean, it doesn't matter. I don't know. The one in Florida. Yeah, Florida. Um, I went there once when I was four. Uh, all I remember is the Dumbo ride. Was it like there was uh, those carts in the sky? Yeah, they go yeah. up and down. One of those, yeah. Very exciting. That's cool. Thrilling, even. Speaking of thrilling, <gasps> this will kind of work out. Okay. Too. This is about Knives Out. Okay. Which is arguably a thriller. That's a thriller. So the Knives Out deal with Netflix had some interesting points in it because we reported last week that right. it happened. Specifically, they gave Ryan Johnson full creative control. Nice. So he can do whatever he wants. Okay. And each movie must have at least the budget of the 2019 movie, which was in the $40 million range. So they're like, just stick around here. Yeah. And you can do whatever you want. All right. Sources also reported that Ryan Johnson and Daniel Craig mm-hmm. are going to potentially walk away with roughly $100 million each. Jealous. Because Netflix wanted... Yeah. Both of them to return. They to didn't return. want just right. Ryan directing them. They wanted Daniel Craig to come back as right. Benoit Blanc. Right. Which I really want to watch Knives Out again. Yeah, that was a good movie. That movie we was saw a lot it of twice fun. in theaters. We did, actually, yeah. yeah. I also, I don't know, I'm sort of on a uh, a Daniel Craig kick, though, too, because people were talking about him coming back for this. Yeah. And one movie that was thrown around was uh, Logan Lucky, which I know in that he plays, like, like an explosives expert who's in prison or something like that. And okay. it's sort of like a bank heist movie. I yeah. Think. I think Adam Driver's in it too. Oh, okay. I could be wrong. Speaking of Adam Driver. Uh, uh, hold on. Let me read this. do this? Uh, oh, okay. Here we go. I got this. <laughs> All right. So Adam Driver. Uh-huh. Disney. Okay. You know what else Disney owns? Marvel. Yeah. Sebastian Stan is in this piece of news oh that I'm God. talking that about. Was I, a, that was, I got it. That was such a stretch. We got there. That Nick was... Offerman <laughs> will star alongside Lily James, Sebastian Stan, and Seth Rogen in Pam and Tommy. It's a series about the theft of Pam, Pamela Anderson's and Tommy Lee's sex tape. Oh my God. Nick Offerman's character is described as a prolific porn financer who helps distribute the sex tape. All right, I'm in for it. Sebastian Stan? I'm Come on. 100% in. I'm not really familiar with Lily James, are you? No. No? Okay. Thanks for the bounce back there. <laughs> you asked me a question! Just, well, <laughs> <laughs> what was I supposed to say? I'm looking at news coming up and you're just. No. <laughs> No, I do not know who Lily James is. I I do not recognize the name. Sometimes I need you you to spin the plates. You got to spin the plates for me. All right. It's fine. (laughs) This is fucking ridiculous, and I just want to give everybody the heads up that this is just nonsense. Okay. Intel is working on new software called Bleep. All right. Bleep is a software... That utilizes AI to censor voice chat. Mm-hmm. Some of the options included in Bleep include misogyny, uh-huh. name, I can't even do it, name calling, which name is calling. such a broad term, <laughs> racism and xenophobia. 
Okay. <laughs> sexually explicit language uh-huh. and swearing. Yeah. The different sliders for these include none, some, most, and all. <laughs> so, if you're not okay with misogyny, turn that shit off. If you're okay with just a little bit of xenophobia, just put it on some. Some! Like, tolerable, like, probably historical, you know. That's fine. Yeah, instances of it. There's also a straight-up toggle switch to turn off the (laughs) N-word. You either want it or you don't! There's not even a a some most, which I mean, I guess it's a word. How do you do some? Yeah. Imagine the interns who have to test this shit. They're just Uh, sitting at their desk all day typing the N-word. Oh, no. (laughs) I can't do this. I'm just thinking of the name calling, though. Like, what do you, what, is, like, what counts as that? Like, do you think Duty Head gets censored? <laughs> Poopoo butt. Only if it's on some. Smelly head. Those will come through if you have it. But said is to that, some. That's what I mean, though. Is that considered name calling? Like, literally. No, I feel like playground. this thing has to like run at such like a, I don't know how computers work, but like such a high capacity to be able to like. Because a lot of this stuff you would have to take in context mm-hmm. to see, like, uh, if it's, you know, actually, like, name-calling, something like that. You have to take it in context to see if it's actually, somebody's actually provoking somebody else. So, like, how is this software going to know if you're just saying, you're a poop? Well, it's Like, even, what is that? <laughs> it's even more impressive because it's voice chat. Right. It's not even like, like how, whatever you would I, read on Google or yeah, anything like that. Yeah, I don't that. understand it's, how this is going to work. It's spoken words. So like for, for software to be that quick to yeah. be able to grab that and identify it, like I would imagine you have to put in all those variations yeah, of the word. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's just... I don't... So I, I pre-ordered this. <laughs> I wish I could. This is crazy. I pre-ordered my <laughs> censoring software. Turn all and where and where and where. <laughs> I was thinking of underwear. Why? No, because I was thinking of. Why were you thinking of underwear? No, no, because sexually explicit language that was going through my mind. I'm so like, that made you think of underwear. Because, the, but <laughs> does underwear tie into that though? Would that be under like some? Because I mean, like underwear. I don't know. Underwear does things. It protects certain parts of the body. Does that include? Like, would that... Is underwear a no-no? I Does underwear know. get bleeped out? <laughs> is thong just a... Boop? Thong! <laughs> I think it's ridiculous. I don't... I think it's good in theory, not good in practice. I'm just picturing, like... I don't know why I went to, like, Dexter's laboratory. And Dexter's <laughs> just sitting there, like... Computer, turn off all Edward prohibitors. <laughs> Computer. <laughs> Move slider to some racism allowed. <laughs> Is Dexter a xenophobe? <laughs> the toggle's on. We Who don't knows? know. The Who toggle's knows? on. I, yeah. Mm, I don't think this is going to end well. Next bit of news. Okay. Actually, I, got, I, I lost my place. Let me. <clears throat> oh, way to go. Speaking of sexually explicit language. Okay. (laughs) A trailer for the Netflix movie The Woman in the Window came out a few days ago. 
All-star cast. Let's yeah. just start that off. Uh, Amy Adams is the main character. Mm-hmm. Looks like she's going to be playing a lot off of Julianne Moore. Yep. Gary Oldman, Anthony Mackie, Wyatt Russell, and Brian Tyree Henry, who was just in Godzilla vs. Kong. It's also Paperboy. Tie back to Atlanta. They See? Tie back. I'm tying things back now. I mean, I could have done that, but I, I like to go, I like... I was faster, though. I go day by day, though. So, I, I mean... faster. What if I, I, like, start setting up the news based on, like, how I can tie it into oh, each other? Oh, God. <laughs> That'd be so obnoxious. You are obnoxious. Uh, all star cast, though. Okay. Um... I guess we should say what this is about. So it seems like, I think they said Amy Adams was a, a what, agoraphobia? Is that when you're afraid of going outside? Yes. Is yeah. It, it's She's agoraphobic. Weird, yeah. It's such a weird word that it would be agoraphobia when it's just a fear of being outside. Yeah, I don't know. Linguistics is weird. It's true. But it looks like uh, Julianne Moore, who is her neighbor across the, the building, their apartment yeah. buildings, um, it looks like they come together and start hanging out and becoming friends. And then Amy Adams looks across her window one night and sees Julianne Moore getting attacked, potentially murdered. Spoilers. Mm -hmm. It's in the trailer. It's in the trailer. Yeah. And then when she goes to the police about it, and then when she starts talking with the investigators and the, her, Julianne Moore's husband played Mm -hmm. by Gary Oldman, they're like, yeah, you, she's never been over here. What are you talking about? And then they bring in Gary Oldman's quote unquote wife and it's a totally different woman. So it's, it sets up like this really interesting. Is she crazy? Right. She's not. Yeah. Is, you know, did something weird happen? Probably. Right. Who knows? I think it's going to be great because what did we just watch Amy Adams in? Sharp Objects. Sharp Objects. And she was great in that is just like living on the edge, kind of crazy, might have a mental breakdown at any moment. She did great acting as a character um, with all of that happening. So I'm really excited to see her in this movie kind of playing a, a similar type character again. Yeah, and, and Sharp Objects we watched on HBO. Honestly, mm-hmm. it'd be something I'd be interested in talking about at some point. Yeah. Uh, it's a TV show, though, not a movie. So yeah. we'll see about potentially what's in the future. Oh, but I think she did great. So I'm excited to see her acting in this i think it's gonna be really good absolutely and this comes out um netflix exclusive netflix. may 14th yeah which is soon literally a, month. a little over a month away yeah. today's what the 11th 10th i don't remember hmm. this is easy speaking of netflix ah netflix tweeted that starting in 2022 it will be the first u.s streaming home for sony pictures films following their theatrical releases so they're gonna have their theater run and then they're gonna not sure if it's right on netflix that's what we're not sure about oh, not sure if okay. it'll be straight away but they have confirmed that they will be the the first streaming home for a lot of these movies okay the examples that they gave were uncharted morbius and sorry uncharted and morbius and future sequels to venom jumanji bad boys and into the spider-verse so I'm nice. not sure if they mean like like for example Venom Two is coming out soonish. Right. Uh, I don't know if they mean after Venom after Two, that, or right. if they mean the sequels to these movies coming out. Right. Because the the two Uncharted and Morbius don't have prequel movies or anything. So that's cool though. Netflix. Everybody has Netflix, so yeah, for them to partner with Sony and get all yeah, that. Yeah, that'll set up. be good. <clears throat> You'll at least know where to find the movies. Absolutely. 
two little quick bits of news. Uh, Top Gun Maverick has been delayed, and it will now release on November 19th, 2021. Oh no, Mike, if you're listening. So <laughs> sorry. Mike, if, shout out to Mike. <laughs> Heart goes out to you. Friend of the show. Uh, I think it was supposed to come out in like August, something like that, or okay. May. So, yeah. who cares? I mean, not who cares, but... Don't say that! Mike might be listening! We've never seen Top Gun, so no. we're what we're going to end up doing, though, is the week before that comes out, we'll review Top Gun, and then yeah. that, more than likely, so... But, yeah, that got pushed back to November 19th. Sad days. And, so this is a bummer. Uh, speaking of movies, uh, I don't know. Just go. <laughs> I like doing it, though. It's fun. <laughs> Blue Sky Studios has officially closed down. They created 13 movies, and some of the franchises you're probably pretty familiar with. Uh They include Ice Age, Rio, and the Robots franchise. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought those were like movies from when we were kids. Mm -hmm. And Disney now owns the rights to those. So that actual studio is gone, but Disney owns, like if they ever want to do a Robots 2 or squeeze that Ice Age teat more. Well, the Ice Age stuff is still coming out. I know. I mean, straight to, to video, or straight yeah. um, on-demand, whatever. Uh, after, like, the third one, I stopped completely watching. I just Ice remember Age. Josh Peck was one of the, the opossums, right? Oh, yeah, the Him. little... I don't remember what they were. But possums. Were... You can say possums. I was were right. they possums? I think they were possums. I don't know. They were, But they was during the Ice Age. Were there possums during the Ice Age? Oh, I'm sorry. You're right prehistoric possums does that make it better <laughs> I, don't I don't know you tell me i don't know i don't know who the other possum was though i don't know who that was i just remember josh peck but uh ray ray romano mm-hmm. am i saying that is ray that... william johnson was who's that mm. oh boy oh <laughs> everybody loves raymond what did you say everybody loves Raymond when I said Ray William Johnson? I don't know who you're talking about. Were you never on YouTube in like like the late aughts? Early 2010s, I, I think, too? I have no clue who you're talking about. I really don't. That's what happens when you grow up a fucking redneck. <laughs> hey, my parents might be listening to this. No. And you're right. Oops. Let's just move on. I'm sorry. <laughs> so the the last two things we have are unfortunately a little serious. Yes. So we're going to try to switch gears a little bit and try to uh, talk about these in uh, a more adult way. Uh, starting this off, though, on Friday, uh, DMX, Darkman X. That's literally what the full name Really? I never is. knew that. I- I'm unfamiliar. I didn't look up his actual name. I just, I mean, he's DMX, you know, he passed away. Mm -hmm. Um, You're not super into rap in general, let alone DMX. No. He was pretty, more like aggressive type style rapping. Uh, And I never listened to him too much. Mm -hmm. The only things that, the only reason I put this on here was because when I was younger, around like high school time, uh, my friends and I would have, uh, what were the songs? I'm trying to, I think it was Where the Hood At. And uh, Rough Riders. And they were like... Oh, hey, I know those songs. Yeah. We're the hood, we're the hood, we're, we're the, the hood. hood. Say the rest of the lyrics. I don't know the rest of the lyrics. <laughs> okay. It's just the N-word. Oh. <laughs> there was a lot of it, yeah. Well, we can toggle that off. Well, we have the slider so... on, so you guys wouldn't even hear it anyway. It would just be... 
Well, that's what I just said. I yeah. said we can slide it off. But so that... we want to keep it on. You want to make sure... Wait. Well, that's... Hold no, on. you want to turn the word off. If there's a toggle... Yeah. But if you... But if you turn the toggle on, does that prevent it from showing up? Or is it the opposite? If you turn it off, does it turn the word off? Someone's going to lose their job over that question. <laughs> I just wanted to throw that in there just because... We we would have those as like meme songs, just yeah. driving around your your little town and listening to stuff with your friends. So it was it was shitty, and he passed away at fifty. Yeah, and what young. the uh, the news was reporting was that he had like a heart attack when mm-hmm. he was at home, and his brain was oxygen deprived for like yeah. thirty minutes. Which past that, like, is it even possible? You're here. We're gonna breach oh, into no. Becca's <laughs> knowledge. Is it even possible to survive after? Not really. No. I mean, you're gonna be a vegetable. Yeah. Well, that's what they reported It'd be that he was an absolute miracle at that point if you were able to come back from being brain dead. So, because mm-hmm. that's that's the thing at that point you're just brain dead, um, which means that all of your organs are functioning, like your heart is still beating, your your lungs are still working, and everything, but there's no brain function going on. And obviously, we can't survive as humans without that. So, mm-hmm. but I. I would be curious to know, though, if he was a donor. Do you that's happen a good to question. know that? I'm not sure, actually. Oh, okay. Because that's when people are brain dead like that is when you can, like, donate a lot of your organs and everything. How metal would it be to be like, yo, I got DMX's kidney? Well, to be honest with you, in, like, sort of a serious note, it, it almost seemed like something that he would be okay with because I saw... I don't have this on the news, so this mm. is just uh, off the dome. Yeah. But I saw a few people saying that, like throughout his life he would sometimes go into like fast food chains and Uh just be like hey can i sweep for you guys can i cook food like i even saw something that uh we're from buffalo originally yeah he actually went to like an ihop in buffalo he's like hey can i cook some omelets oh my god shit like that that's awesome like that's fucking yeah that would be great I'd, i'd be curious to know if he did if he was a donor so and i think what he said about like because he went into a restaurant and offered to like sweep or clean yeah. or whatever he's like if you're if you're too rich to sweep then you're living the wrong life or something like that makes like, sense makes to sense. where like he he didn't forget his roots right essentially that's good that's good um i want to throw this in though too because it's fucking awesome i before i say this actually i do want to elaborate i know that there were allegations and other things brought up about dmx i'm not super aware of them like i've said i'm not anything knowledgeable at all about him or his life i saw maybe there was some stuff about like some uh animals that he had like decades ago and like poor conditions and there were issues brought up with that but i'm just talking about the good that i found yeah so just being transparent with you guys Um, yeah we were not avid dmx followers no and i don't want to i mean not if you think he was an awful person i'm not arguing with you and saying he was perfect i'm just grabbing stuff that i thought was cool he seemed like a cool guy yeah just putting that out there uh, but I saw this going around after his passing. Uh, DMX was actually supposed to fight George Zimmerman in a boxing match, which... What? Yep. That is wild! That's the reaction I wanted. Oh my god! So this was in 2014, and it was going to happen, but Zimmerman backed out after DMZ gave this quote to TMZ. DMZ. To... Sorry. <laughs> Zimmer... There's too many. There's too many letters! Zimmerman canceled after DMX gave this quote to TMZ. Yeah, I'm ready for it. It's a lot of swearing. Oh, hell yeah. I am going to beat the living fuck out of him. (laughs) I am breaking 
every rule in boxing to make sure I fuck him right up. What a king! What a king! Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. Man, I wish that would have happened. Yeah, really. I would have loved to see Zimmerman get his ass handed to him. I mean, that would have been cool, obviously, like, but it, it would have given him more publicity that he obviously does not. No, he doesn't need it at no. all. But still, like, all. just it, to it, get it. I'd be happy to watch him get his ass beat. Yeah, <laughs> it just goes to show the kind of person DMX was, really. Yeah. So it's just cool. And hopefully nobody got offended by us talking about him. If you hate him, totally fine. Yeah. We aren't going to argue with you. So going from bad to worse, uh, I guess not worse, depends how you look at it, but we're going to get into the uh, the Ray Fisher stuff mm-hmm. that came out. This is going to be long. Uh, literally, I'm guesstimating 10 to 15 minutes. I have yeah. a giant, literally like an essay right here about all the stuff that he talked about, yep. his experiences with Joss Whedon and Jeff Johns and just Warner Media in mm-hmm. general. Uh, this isn't everything. I would encourage you to... <clears throat> Look for the article yourself. It's going around everywhere. I think yeah. it was originally with Hollywood Reporter. Mm-hmm. So if you want to go straight to their website and read this whole thing for yourself, this is where the bulk yeah. of the information is pulled from. So please, um, just letting you guys know, we're going to be talking about this for a minute. So if yeah. you don't want to hear this, just skip ahead. Yeah. Uh, after this, we're going to be getting into Falcon Winter Soldier Episode 4. Mm-hmm. So... If you uh, check out for this, totally fine. We'll see you there. Yeah. Uh, you and were going to say something? Yeah, I, w- I was just going to say that the whole reason that we're even talking about this is that it is important to talk about. Uh, we both are the type of people that feel that this is a topic that really needs to be talked about. So, again, like, if you personally don't want to hear us talking about this or, you know, anything like that, feel free to skip ahead. But... These are topics that are important to us and we're going to talk about them and we're going to put our thoughts and feelings out there. So just going to preface it with that. I mean, if you're going to get offended by it, either skip ahead or, you know, don't listen. Let us know at hst one <laughs> No, don't let us know because honestly, I don't really care. Yeah. Sorry, not not to be rude, but we think it's important and it is important for us to talk about it. So we're going to talk about it. I mean, everybody should know the film industry is shit and Joss Whedon's an asshole. Well, yeah, exactly. No surprises. We're just going into further further details about it. Exactly. Yeah. And how people are of color are treated in the industry and everything. So it's an important topic to talk about and we're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Good. Yes. All right, cool. So I'm going to kind of start at the beginning when all this happened. Mm -hmm. Like I said, this is not everything. I encourage you to look for the article yourself. But this originally kind of started in June of 2020, Mm -hmm. where Fisher tweeted that, quote, Whedon's onset treatment of the cast and crew of Justice League was gross, abusive, unprofessional, and completely unacceptable. Mm -hmm. He was enabled in many ways by producers Jeff Johns and John Berg. Uh, Warner Media has previously said that remedial action was taken as a result, but was not elaborated on when that was happening mm-hmm. with uh, his original tweets. Catherine Forrest, a former federal judge who conducted the Warner Media investigation, said in a statement that in interviews with more than 80 witnesses, she found, quote, no credible support for claims of racial insensitivity. Um... So Fisher was reluctant to share before 
he's his article came out i believe right. tuesday of last week so mm-hmm. going on close to a year yeah. of actually talking about it with right. pending investigations and everything like that mm-hmm. uh it was he didn't want to talk about it because he mainly did not want to expose the identities of others who shared their stories with him and investigators because i mean ray fisher is a name you yeah. know what i mean even i mean you can argue the point nobody knew who he was before justice league right. that's fine but nobody knows who Mike holding the boom arm is either. Right, or exactly. Jen, who does yeah. makeup. You know and what I mean? And in a situation like this, those people need to be protected. Because at the end of the day, Ray Fisher is going to make way more money than than these other people are. And yeah. they're completely disposable to you know, the film industry. So they could definitely really easily get blacklisted. So it's important to protect them exactly yeah those people can be thrown in the garbage and nobody gives nobody a shit, will care essentially and yeah they could end up on the streets or something yeah but ray fisher obviously cared which is good so what had happened was um excuse me <clears throat> you're excused thank you <laughs> uh fisher got warner to start an investigation more than two years after the first version of the film was released mm-hmm. uh but he soon the process he soon found the process to be questionable shocking yeah. uh the studio and its parent company seem to be focused on protecting top executives hmm. he says weird uh originally under snyder Zack snyder yes and screenwriter chris terrio t-e-r-r-i-o just in case i pronounce it wrong uh cyborg was supposed to be the heart of justice league which you see that shit in the four hour Zack yep. snyder cut <laughs> terrio said important. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terrio said, with a white writer and white director, we both thought having the perspective of an actor of color was really important. Mm-hmm. And Ray is really good with story and character. So be- mm-hmm. he became a partner in creating Victor. Uh, when Whedon came on after Zack Snyder had to bow out. Right. Because of family things that happened. Right. Uh, Fisher says he came to feel that he had to, quote, uh, explain some of the most basic points of what would be offensive to the black community. Oh, my God. When Fisher was informed that Whedon was going to make major revisions, he went to meet up with him in L.A. They talked, and Whedon gave him the revised script, which removed all of Cyborg's backstory. Mm-hmm. This balancing with Zack Snyder wanting Cyborg to be the core of it. Right. Whedon had no problem just throwing that shit in the garbage. Can I just interject here for a Please. second? Yeah. Do you know where Joss Whedon is from? Uh, No. I don't. I didn't know. Do you he mean was like American. the states or Canada? Yeah, or... like I didn't know where he's what... states or Canada. He's not like okay. European or anything like that. I just didn't know. It's a kind of a different name. So. Yeah, you could Google it right now. I don't have my phone with me. You it's know what? We're room. looking it up. I, I was just curious. No, no, to live know on the show. We'll do it. What? I'm fairly certain. He's from. He sounds I mean... American, but I don't. With that, with Joss as a name, I wasn't sure. So. Well, he was born in New York. And he's American. Big shocker, guys. Big shocker. Well, it's even shittier because we're from New York. He's New York, New York. Yeah. No, we're not from from the city, city, though. So, you know, we're from upstate. If you know anything about New York, the upstaters don't really like the people in the city. So, you know, it's fine. It's fine. So after Whedon gave him... The revised script mm-hmm. with all of his backstory out. Um, 
Fisher argued that he felt it was important to keep that in as, quote, it represents that his parents are two genius level black people. We don't see that every day. Yeah, exactly. Which in the movie, you see that his father is obviously a scientist at Star Labs. Right. His mother was a doctor. I think she's a doctor. A nurse or something like that. Yeah. We saw her very briefly in the movie, so I'm not... I want to say she's a doctor. It goes to show they weren't just living in the streets. Like, these were people of intellect and power, you could argue. Which is important. (laughs) Um, Whedon actually sent out an email when Fisher got home asking for questions, comments, or, quote, fulsome praise. Uh, Fisher says it became clear, uh, quote, all he was looking for was the fulsome praise. Right. Um, Fisher actually made notes uh, to avoid representation issues of the character. And in a call with Whedon, Fisher says he barely had he barely started to talk when the filmmaker cut him off. Quote, this shit pisses me off. It feels like I'm taking notes. This is from Joss Whedon. Quote, it feels like I'm taking notes right now. And I don't like taking notes from anybody. Not even Robert Downey Jr. That's cute, Mr. Whedon. Why don't you go fuck off? Sorry, I'm going to get heated here, like, in a second. It's totally fine if we talk about it. I just don't want to devolve our talking to just swearing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's okay to be upset and call him whenever you want. I just don't want it to be screaming and just screaming it's the new yorker it's the new yorker and you i get it (laughs) so after this everybody at home is laughing right now maybe (laughs) you know because they're like that's not how we act but that's fine whatever (laughs) uh so fisher actually ended up going to jeff johns who had presented himself as a sort of mediator okay, for right. between the between studio. Them. Yeah. yeah. So in case anyone isn't, anyone isn't familiar, Jeff Johns is a really, he got very popular because uh, of his comic writing. Okay. He does a lot or did a lot. I'm not sure what he does currently for DC, mm-hmm. a lot of justice league. He actually like wrote justice league stuff with cyborg in it. Mm-hmm. So of course him and a lot of his people who are protecting him was like, well, he loves cyborg. He wrote about him and right. everything like that. So just for a little backstory, Jeff mm-hmm. Johns, yeah. Um, so Fisher had gone to Johns, mm-hmm. who said he, who says he had presented himself as a kind of mediator. Right. Uh, Fisher says his ultimate response was, "quote from Jeff Johns, mm-hmm. we can't make Joss mad." <laughs> so a lot of the, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. That just sounds like something you would like say to like a. You know, to prevent, like, a spoiled five-year-old well, from getting upset. Joss Whedon's 56, and he looks like a bald gerbil, so... I mean... Make of that what you will. Yeah, I... I, I forget I, how much of this I actually included, but John's publicist actually commented a lot of this stuff. I don't yeah. think John's did anything personally. Right. Shocker. Mm-hmm. Uh, John's... It's hard to say, because his name is John's, and right. then doing it with the John's's. apostrophe. John's's publicist denies this, but says John's, quote... Recall suggesting that any creative pitches should happen when Joss Whedon was not preoccupied, so he would be most receptive. Okay. So, once Whedon was involved with the actual filmmaking and creating of right. Justice League. Sorry. You're fine. Did a little lip smack. Hate doing that, sorry. Uh, Fisher says that Johns told him that it was problematic that Cyborg smiled only twice in the movie. So, Fisher says he later learned from a witness who participated in the investigation mm-hmm. that Johns and other top executives, including then DC Films co-chairman John Berg and Warner Studio chief Toby Emmerich, 
had discussions in which they said they could not have, quote, an angry black man at the center of the film. Oh my god. Because, you know, black men who don't smile all the time are scary. Wait, so let me get this straight. So the Johns guy was... Jeff Johns? Yeah. He said that it was problematic that Cyborg only smiled twice in the Mm -hmm. movie because they didn't want an angry black man, like, in the movie? Is that basically what they're saying? So Johns told him that it was problematic, told Ray Fisher... Yeah. That Cyborg doesn't smile more, essentially. He said it was problematic that Cyborg didn't smile more. Does not smile more. Because they didn't want an angry black man in the movie. Yes. Okay. And I think he was essentially regurgitating (laughs) what the higher-ups are saying with that. Right. We can't have an angry black man. Yeah, I get that. Like, he's the mouthpiece, but it doesn't make him any better. No, absolutely. Uh, (laughs) That's hilarious to me, though. Like... It's so, so ridiculous. Well, just, it goes into this fear of white people well being yeah. afraid of a powerful black man yeah i guess exactly it, it's i'm sorry it's ridiculous so so what did they want did they want in every shot like i'm picturing like cyborg with like his hands on his hips just giving a stupid ass grin the whole time Smile. well then <clears throat> it's problematic because you've made the black man the the joke of the movie sure so we'll get more into that trust me we'll get into more of those some of those concepts right like this doesn't make sense to me it actually reminded me of i don't have the full context for it but when brie larson was in captain marvel yeah and when she was in the movie i guess people had said that she should have smiled more and been more like animated right so what she did was i believe this was on either her twitter or her instagram she photoshopped a lot of like the uh i think it was like iron man 3 captain america the winter soldier and another one of like uh, Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Instead of like frowns, they were smiling. Yeah. So I mean, she photoshopped all of them with. That's it's fucking I mean. hilarious. It's ridiculous. Like, think of the context of the movie. Is Justice League a comedy? Is Justice League? Joss Whedon wanted to make it a comedy. I mean, that's true. Because he has no fucking self-respect, or yeah. he has no respect for Snyder's vision. No, exactly. Um, it, Justice League is not supposed to be a, a light-hearted movie. It's not like funny haha dc movies in and of themselves aren't even as lighthearted as marvel movies are so the fact that they want one of their main characters to smile more it's just it's it's ridiculous because why would the character do that why would in any setting would you have any other character do this no you're saying you want him to smile more because we can't have an angry black man so to elaborate further on this point um Johns had actually told Fisher he should play the character less like Frankenstein, which, you know, you can make that argument that he feels like a freak and he's not normal. His name is Cyborg. (laughs) He told him to play it less like Frankenstein and more like Quasimodo. Quasimodo! (laughs) Hold on, let me finish this before you comment. Fisher says that in order to demonstrate the look he wanted, Johns dipped his shoulder in what struck Fisher as a servile posture. To Fisher... There was a big difference between portraying a character who was born with a disability versus one who had been transformed by trauma. And he felt Cyborg was a kind of modern-day Frankenstein. Yeah. Fisher says, quote, I didn't have any intention of playing him as a jovial, cathedral-cleaning individual. Right. Um, Sorry, I'm just reading ahead a little to see if this actually ties in. Uh, You can talk. Go ahead. I just think that's ridiculous. Just the fact that you, you say... Play it as Quasimodo. Yeah. 
What? And the balls up. Trust me. Like what? I don't have a. I have a few things about Joss in here. Yeah. Some of the shit about Jeff Johns, like it gets bad. It gets. He is. I mean, he's definitely beta male. Uh, he's not. You know, even if he's like, oh, I didn't. I didn't say that. I was just saying what the other people told me to say. Yeah. Well, you're not standing up for anybody. You're just as bad as them. Sure. You're just, even if you want to play that, I was an innocent bystander card. No, no, because you didn't do anything about it and you're enabling it. So it's absolutely outrageous to me. Actually, the sad thing is it's not absolutely outrageous that these things are said. These are things that happen every single day in every single workplace. Um, And unfortunately, that's the sad reality that we live in right now. And which is, again, another reason why we're talking about this, because this needs to change. This absolutely 100% needs to change. And I'm sorry, but when you're talking to a person of color, you have to realize that they perceive everything very differently than we do as white people. It's like a built-in lens. Exactly. And so if you tell somebody, don't play it like Frankenstein, play it as Quasimodo. Maybe in your white brain, that doesn't mean anything to you. But to a black man, obviously that is going to be taken very differently. They, They have grown up in a country that hates them that puts them down, that is constantly racist towards them. So you can't expect people of color to perceive the world the same way that you do as a white person. So, and that's the card that I see a lot of these like executives playing is, well, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it that way. It doesn't matter if you meant it that way. That's the way it was perceived. And that's what we need to start changing is the way that we say things so that they can be perceived differently. We can't just say whatever we want all the time. Absolutely. Well said. And we're like a quarter in. Probably not even. <laughs> I'm sorry. I no, have. We're fine to talk. Our this last... is a topic that really gets to me. Um, so, and I feel that it needs to be talked about. I have spent a lot of my life not talking about it. And I've come to the realization that You know, even if I can't change it, I can be part of the conversation and I need to be part of the conversation. So I'm going to talk about it. Absolutely. I mean, our last few episodes have been like barely an hour and a half. We're at an hour right now. Yeah, no, sorry, guys. This is really, this is really something that I definitely, I will not be silent about. If you guys like a lot of content, we got it this week. Don't spit That's out your true. don't spit out your body armor. Oh no, not my twenty eight ounces of superior hydration. Uh, so to continue this whole interaction between Fisher and Johns, uh, Fisher told Johns it might be one thing for a non black person to write a character for a comic, but it was another for a black actor p- to portray that character on screen. Quote: It was like he was assuming how black people would respond rather than taking the advice from the only black person, as far as I know with any kind of creative impact on the project, Fisher says. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually said that was the last creative conversation the two of them ever had, again. Oh my god. In terms of how Cyborg should have been represented. Right. Uh, tensions only escalated, however, with the issue of Cyborg having to say booyah, which if you are familiar with the Teen Titans cartoon, 
Right. Cyborg would say Booyah. It was mm-hmm. his, his, his thing. Phrase. Not Teen Titans. Well, maybe in Go. Teen Titans Go. I'm not sure. I uh, you watched it more than I did. I didn't even watch that much of it. Oh, that really? Was, no, Teen Titans Go. That's the kids one. Yeah, that was the one that was on Cartoon Network. Well, they were both on Cartoon Network. Oh. Yeah. Teen Titans was like from the, the early aughts. It was like the more serious one. Teen Titans Go was like the kids one. Oh, well, I guess I watched more of Go. <laughs> Don't even know the names of it. Love <laughs> I'm it. I'm sorry. So Fisher says that Johns had approached Snyder about including the line back mm-hmm. when Zach was still uh, On the included. Uh, but the director didn't want any catchphrases. Big up, Zach. Uh, Fisher says he doesn't see the word itself as an issue, but he thought it played differently in a live-action film than the animated series. Mm-hmm. And the thought of a black character... Oh, sorry. Excuse me. And he thought of black characters in pop culture with defining phrases. Mm-hmm. As no one else in the film had a catchphrase, he says, quote, It seemed weird to have the only black character say that. Right. Um, Fisher says he expressed his objections to Whedon, and it seemed the matter was dropped. Until Berg, the co-chairman of DC Films and a producer on the project, took him to dinner one night. Uh, quote, this is from Berg. Uh, this is one of the most expensive movies Warner's has ever made. This is all according to Fisher, of course. Mm-hmm. This isn't direct from the from Berg. From Berg. Right? Uh, quote, what if the CEO of AT&T had bought Time Warner... Sorry. This gets a little... My wording was here. Okay. Strange here. Uh, quote... What if the CEO of AT&T, and this is important, I put in parentheses, AT&T had bought Time Warner in 2016. Okay. So that's why he brought up brought AT&T up. Right. Okay. in any regard. Um, what if they, what if the CEO has a son or daughter and that son or daughter wants Cyborg to say booyah in the movie and we don't have a take of that? I could lose my job. Fisher responded that he knew if he filmed the line, it would end up in the movie. It's not just having what? the take. I'm sorry. I don't understand. Okay, so you said AT&T bought out Time Warner. Yes. What does that have to do with the movie? Because Time Warner owned Warner Media. Okay, they yes. owned Warner Media. Sorry, like I said, it's... Okay. I mean, in the That connection world, wasn't clicking it, in my brain. It still doesn't make sense. It's companies <laughs> owning companies. I'm it's, sorry. No, no, no. You're fine. You're fine. But it still doesn't make sense. So what? We do everything to please little white kids that are children of executives? Essentially. What the fuck? Yeah. I'm sorry, but <laughs> what? Um, That's really the reasoning. Obviously, in the 2017 version, he said booyah at the end. I'm not sure if you remember, but no, he don't. actually said it after they beat Steppenwolf and everything. He- he didn't look very happy. You can go back. Anyone this can go is, back and look at that. He yeah, doesn't. no, but this is the same thing as the smiling thing that we talked about before. Mm-hmm. Were any of the other characters told that they needed to smile more? No. I don't think so. Were any of the other characters told that they needed to say a catchphrase? No. This is where it becomes the issue. This is, you know, all the time... White people want to say, why are you making it a race issue? It's not a race issue. Is anybody else in the film being subjected to this? No. Well, I don't think I included it here, but like, it's not like Batman had to say, I'm Batman. Or right. Superman had to say a Superman phrase. Whatever Superman's catchphrase is. I yeah. don't know. That That's what I mean. Like, this is, this is why is it is a race issue. People always want to ask... 
Why are you making it about race? Why is everything about race? Because it only happens to the black people. Sure. None of these other characters are being treated that way, are being told that their characters need to be perceived that way. Cyborg is half robot, a genius, and he is being perceived as, oh, maybe he'll be too angry, maybe he'll be too scary, just because the color of his skin is black. That's the only reason. If if, if it was a white character, it would be fine. He could say whatever he wanted. But the fact that this is a black character makes it, oh, well, we, we can't have him be too scary looking or be too angry about, you know, people trying to destroy the world. Even though he's fighting against it. I mean, even though it's potentially, like, a, a different team that worked on the two, you can go back to, to Batman versus Superman. Batman was not nice. No. He was branding people. Yeah. And he was essentially marking them for death yeah. and shit like that. Exactly. And it was okay if he was right. bad and angry there. Yeah. Batman was shooting people. Right. Like, yeah. But that <laughs> was okay because Batman is white. Like, that. it is a race issue. Nobody's making it about race. It is a race issue. I agree. Um, so after he had the conversation with the CEO, he arrived on set the next day to shoot the take. Mm-hmm. And then, so this is all Whedon stuff. Uh, Whedon stretched out his arms and said a line from Hamlet in a mocking tone. <sighs> Quote, this is Hamlet, so this isn't normal. Yeah. Speak the speech, I pray you, as I pronounced it to you. Fisher replied, Joss, don't, I'm not in the mood. As he left the set after saying just that one phrase for the cameras, he says Whedon called out, nice work, Ray. Yeah. So this is going to dive a little bit more into the the shit that Whedon did. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, this is not everything. There were multiple issues with other people. Uh, Whedon clashed with all the stars of Justice League. Uh, I specifically remember reading, I didn't include this, uh, Jeremy Irons, who played Alfred, okay. when like the the script rewrites came in mm-hmm. when Joss wrote them, apparently he was like, "This is fucking awful." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Love the energy. Yes. Um. So, he specifically had issues with Gal Gadot, though, which I had been aware makes of. sense, and I might have told you a little bit about that. Yeah. Uh, a source says that Gadot had multiple concerns with the revised version of the film, including issue quote. Uh, issues about her character being more aggressive than her character in Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. She wanted the character to flow from one movie to the next, end quote. Uh, the biggest clash, sources say, came when Whedon pushed Godot to record lines she didn't like, mm-hmm. threatened to harm her career, and disparaged uh, Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins, who directed the first right. movie. While Fisher declines to discuss any of what happened with Godot, a witness on the production who later spoke to investigators says that after one clash, quote, this is from the, the witness, mm-hmm. Joss was bragging that he's had it out with Gal. He told her he's the writer and she's going to shut up and say the lines and he can make her look incredibly stupid in this movie. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm kind of at a loss for words just because it. it Unfortunately, again, it doesn't surprise me that these things are said. Obviously, people feel more comfortable about speaking out about it now than they did, say, 10 years ago. Um, You know, we have 
the whole Me Too movement, uh, dealing with specifically, you know, the film industry and what goes on with women there. Uh, I So, again, unfortunately, it doesn't surprise me. It is absolutely disgusting, though. Absolutely. Every time that it happens. It's horrible and... Joss Whedon deserves to get smeared through the mud. Uh, he absolutely deserves it. Well, I know at the very least uh, he was supposed to be working on like a Batgirl project. Yeah. And that's been no. thrown out. Something. He should not be allowed to be around women or people of color. He can go sit in a basement and, you know, live his life there because he doesn't deserve to be in society. So the uh, the next little bit's actually going to deal with uh, people who came to Ray Fisher about like their happenings Issues on that different they had. sets. Okay. Uh, specifically, we're going to get more into like some Jeff John stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, these are from different people who told Ray, and Ray is reiterating. Right. So, just so that's clear. Mm-hmm. Um, so two individuals who worked on Sci-Fi's Krypton TV series, which is a DC property, Krypton being about okay. Superman's right. homeworld. Yeah. Uh, talked to Fisher about events that had taken place on the the series. Multiple sources told Hollywood Reporter that the show's creators were passionate about doing some non-traditional casting mm-hmm. and that, excuse my pronunciation, this might be French, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roger Jean Page, um, R-E-G-E with the thing over it, dash uh, Exante Gu. Exante Gu, I forgot. <laughs> uh, dash Jean, G-E-A-N. Uh-huh. Just want to make sure. He had an audition for the role of Superman's grandfather. This actor was black. Okay shouldn't matter but for the sake of the story yes um johns who was overseeing the project said that superman could not have a black grandfather i want to reiterate i was confused at this first i didn't think that it was an issue i was like well yeah superman's white right why would his grandfather be black it wouldn't breed out of his family over that two generations or like the pigment right uh, this is important. So Superman's parents and no other Kryptonians for thousands of years before Superman were naturally born. It's all artificial births. Genetics are not passed down in the families of Krypton. So it's all you make your baby. So, so Superman's uh, grandpa could have been yellow or right. green or purple and Superman right. could still be white. Like a completely different yeah. race mm-hmm. or a completely different species even. Like exactly. he could have been an alien from another planet. Well, he he would still be Kryptonian. Oh, I guess so. Okay. But, He's but, an alien, yeah. you're right, but... <laughs> but yeah, like the the point of the the matter is is that he could have been a black man. Yeah, But absolutely. they turned him away. Because of Jeff Jones. Because I don't want a black man to be Superman's grandfather. So this is actually still about Krypton. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me. Uh, another person who spoke was writer uh, Nadria Tucker, N-A-D-R-I-A, who tweeted on February 24th, I believe of this year, uh, quote, I haven't spoken to Jeff John since the day on Krypton when he tried to tell me what is and is not a black thing, end quote. Uh, Tucker tells that John's objected when a character... Sorry, uh, buddy just now chatted me. Uh, when a black female character's hairstyle was changed in scenes that took place on different days. Mm-hmm. Uh, quote, this is from her. Mm-hmm. I said black women, we tend to change our hair frequently. It's not weird. It's a black thing, right. she says. And he said, quote, no, it's not. <laughs> John's spokesperson says, quote, 
what were standard continuity notes for a scene are being spun in a way that are not only personally offensive to Jeff, Mm -hmm. as Jeff has personally seen firsthand the painful effects of racial stereotypes Uh concerning hair and other cultural stereotypes. Get ready for this. Having been married to a black woman who was who he was with for a decade and with his second wife, who is Asian American, as well as his son, who is mixed race. So my wife was black. My wife is Asian. I'm not racist, guys. This is the same thing that people say. Oh, I'm not homophobic. I have a friend that's gay. Yep. Same energy. It's the same energy. And I am so, I'm sorry. If you're a white person that does this, I am so over it. I'm so, it's the same thing as walking into a retail store and trying to tell somebody how to do their job. Stop. Stop doing it. Stop telling people what, (laughs) that you think that you know their lives better than they know their lives. It's stupid. You look like a clown. It's absolutely ridiculous. I'm sorry. Black women changing their hair is is a stereotype that is played on a lot. So the fact that... He said it's not a black thing. It makes absolutely no sense because black women get made fun of for changing their hair all the time. And if he was married to a black woman, he would know these things. Um, Unless he just blatantly ignored her and didn't, you know, had nothing... I'm not denying that he was married to a black woman. I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was. But with the energy that he's bringing to the table right now, he probably didn't care anything about the fact of of her culture that she brought to the marriage. He probably just, you know, sat there and treated her like crap, which is probably why they got divorced. But, you know, uh, (laughs) what do I know? Oh, boy. Um, So we're just going to get into like another little bit that came out afterwards and then we're just going to hit the wrap up Mm -hmm. so fisher was actually expected to play a supporting role as cyborg in the flash movie which is coming out at some point whenever in in time (laughs) in june 2020 fisher says he had a call with director andy uh that seemed positive but the discussion changed when warners framed a two-week shoot as a cameo offering only a fraction of what he says he should have been paid for reappearing as cyborg Pay people what they're worth. Yeah. Well, a two-week shoot, that's not thats not coming in for two days. No. Or coming in for two hours. No. That's not like a Bruce Willis thing where he shows up for two hours no. for a movie. He's going to be and in like, more than one scene. It's not a cameo at that point. Yeah. I am so sick and tired of this. i It's the same thing over and over again, guys. I could have hour-long discussions about this. So if you want, hit me up for that. Um, but it's just tiring at this point. It's the same narrative over and over again. Pay people what they're worth, regardless of their sex, gender, skin color, anything. We're all human beings. Maybe once we get a bit bigger, you can have your own spit-off political podcast. <laughs> Ooh, what about Becca Barks? Becca Barks. I like that. pretty good. Yeah. Like, you just get, like, really <laughs> I just get really angry. Yeah. That's awesome. Sorry, guys. I'm also um, 
I, I'm also Italian, so when I get really excited or uh, heated about things, I get really loud, so apologies. She does, she does like, the hand thing. Oh, so. yeah, no, the whole time my hands have been flying around. So uh, apologies on that. I get really uh, passionate about the things that, you know, I get heated about, so. <laughs> uh, just to hit the wrap-up, actually, uh, the article continues from there. The, mm-hmm. the huge chunk that I have was not even yeah. everything. There's a whole... I probably have half of it, to be honest with you guys. So if you're curious about reading more, please look on the Hollywood Reporter's website. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's easy to find. Uh, The article actually continues about what Fisher had to face with the investigation, how how protective uh, Warner Media... Sorry. How protective of Warner Media the investigator was. Yes. And them denying that any of this was racially motivated. Of course. Fisher ends this entire article by saying, quote... I don't believe some of these people are fit for positions of leadership. I, agree. I don't want them excommunicated from Hollywood, but I don't think they should be in charge of the hiring and firing of other people. Mm-hmm. If I can't get accountability, at least I can make people aware of who they're dealing with. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's really brave that he did this. Absolutely. He, he himself could be excommunicated from Hollywood for speaking out on this. Uh, he could definitely be blacklisted. And it's it's a very important, very brave thing that he's come out and done. And I commend him for that. Nobody would let that happen, though. He's... No, no. He's become a name. I know, like I said, he yeah. didn't really have much... Uh, I actually learned that he was in True Detective Season 3. Oh, okay. He was... Uh, he played off Mahershala Ali, mm-hmm. which you know who that is yeah. and everybody does. Like, yeah. He's not... A baby, you know, right. like, small-time actor. like Which he... is why he could speak out about yeah. it. Which is why he felt comfortable enough to speak out about it. And, like I said, uh, as a white person, I can say these things left and right. And I'm not going to get a lot of flack for it. So, that's why... I think as white people, we need to step together and help protect these people. Help protect these communities. And use our privilege as a voice. Absolutely. And uh, just to kind of piggyback off of what Becca's saying here, I know she did all of the political talking. <laughs> just to be like upfront with you guys, I'm just not a political person. I tend to, to lie in the middle. I'm more giving people rights, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just... Uh, you aren't as passionate and outspoken about it I'm as I I'm just not am. as outspoken, really. Yeah, I yeah. mean, we Kenny and I share the same views. We talk about this stuff at home. Um, we've talked about the BLM movement and everything. Um we share the same views. Mm-hmm. It's not that we butt heads on it. It's just that I'm more outspoken about it. Um, and that's just my personality. Kenny's a lot more laid back than I am. I can get a little bit more aggressive about things. So I mean, I just don't <laughs> think giving people rights should be a political stance. No, I don't think it should be either. So. I think it's absolutely ridiculous, the, the world we live in sometimes. But, you know, I'll get off my sofa box now. <laughs> Your sofa box? Yeah, my sofa box. Your sofa box? <laughs> Uh, so that's actually going to wrap up the news for this week, guys, yeah. at an hour 20 in. Uh, we're actually going to hop over to Falcon Winter Soldier, episode four, and then we'll get to Promising Young young Woman. But yeah. first, we're going to say please follow our socials and hit us up on uh, Gmail if you have any questions for the show. Yeah. So our Twitter is at HST1Pod. You can follow us there for uh, updates on the show. We actually put there that the podcast was delayed this week. Mm-hmm. And we're going to tweet out anytime like different links are live for uh, Spotify, Apple, Google, whenever new episodes go up. And if you want to send any questions, DM us there. Or you can hit us up at hst1pod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. 
That's at hst1pod at gmail.com with uh, the number one for the both of those, one. not yes. not an O. So we're going to get into Falcon Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you need to do something? Sorry, Jet is eating garbage in the corner. Let me just... <laughs> All right. Well, when uh, while Beck is doing that, I'm actually going to get started a little bit on Falcon Winter Soldier. So I think what we're going to do this week is we're actually going to bypass doing the, the non-spoiler stuff. I mean, it's episode four at this point. Like... If you're watching it, you're watching it. If you're not, this isn't going to convince you. So we're just going to say it's good. I'm going to say it's good. Becca's coming back right now. Uh, watch it. This is probably, I would say, arguably my favorite. No, well, I really like episode one. I really like how uh, we deal with a lot of... I like the dynamic of episode one. Well, I think episode one, it feels so grounded in like the, the way... There's so many different like real things you're playing off of. Uh, people yeah. coming back after the snap. Mm-hmm. Um being a black superhero, which gets more elaborated on in episode three. Three. Is that one? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bucky dealing with PTSD and other issues from his past. Mm-hmm. I think episode one's probably my favorite still yeah, so far. I would though, agree with that. Yeah. Episode four is probably my second favorite, if yeah. I had to say. Uh, we were pretty cold on last week's episode. It just yeah. didn't There wasn't do a, whole a lot. lot. But this week, great. Um, yes. I'm looking respectfully. I will look respectfully as well. Cool. We'll get right into spoilers for episode four of Falcon Winter Soldier. Give mm-hmm. you guys a few seconds. Uh, it's great. Um, yes. We deal, we, we actually are able to bounce around a lot from like emotional moments mm-hmm. and holy shit moments. <laughs> so we actually start off with more like the, the personal stuff because we find out a little bit more about Carly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew in the last episode, I believe that her... Uh, not her mother, but like the woman, Somebody her she caretaker, was really close to, caretaker, yeah. I believe. Yeah, yeah. They said that, or she said that she took her in. She took her in. Yeah. She passed away. And then this was actually the funeral episode for her. So she was dealing a lot with like emotions of right. losing somebody like that. And we actually got to see Sam do a Captain America thing. Yes. Which is great. Yeah. So while the, the funeral's happening, um, Sam, Bucky, Walker, and, Battlestar. I'm just, Lamar. Lamar. Lamar is yes. his first name. Yeah. Lamar, they're actually posted up because they know Carly's there. Walker wants to bust in. Mm-hmm. Sam's like, let me talk to her. Walker's like, I'll give you 10 minutes. And he's getting all twitchy and jumping <laughs> around and shit because he had to stand there for five minutes, <laughs> so, actually. Yeah. Because even Bucky was like, it hasn't been 10 yeah. minutes. He's like, I don't care. I'm he's going got, in. He's got the powder under his nose. Yeah. He's like, I'm crazy. So. <laughs> After the the funeral service, Sam actually goes and talks to with Carly, mm-hmm. and it's a really interesting um, dynamic between the two of them. Because, like I said, it's the first time you see Sam acting like Captain America. Yeah, like he's talking with her, and he's like, "I don't think your fight is wrong. Right. I just think the way you're doing it is hurting people. Exactly. Like, and and the way that he approaches that, it is such like a, a Steve way of looking at it. Yeah. And if anything, like Sam might have a different viewpoint, like being black obviously right. and with carly's people seeming like they're just forgotten about exactly. you know what i mean like she well, was I think an at orphan. one point he references that he what happened to his sister at the bank because she didn't get approved for the loan and so he at one point in the episode kind of ties that back in like yes i know what it's like sure. i know what it's like to just be pushed to the side even though I'm a superhero and I'm part of the Avengers. He's trying to relate to her in that way to let her know that yes, he really is on her side in the regard that he agrees with why she's doing it. He just doesn't agree with how she's doing it. Mm -hmm. 
And so he's just trying to kind of like talk her down and make her see that because he is trying to make her see that the way she's being perceived is kind of as, you know, as an extremist and she doesn't think that. And so he's just trying to get her to see like, well, you know, you're kind of killing people. So that makes other people think that you're a little crazy. So, well, he used, um, he made her actually talk about that. She was yeah. saying like, I only hurt the people that are getting in the way. He's like, do you think that sounds okay? Right. And she's like, that's not what I mean. Yeah, exactly. So, like, she's e- he's even able to like stir up these emotions in her to where she knows like, I don't want to do it this right. way, but what else am I going to do? Exactly. Type of thing. Or how else am I going to go about it? Exactly. So that was kind of like the, the crux of like the, I guess the emotional part of the episode. Yeah. We're going to kind of like jump around to like the, the bigger points. Yeah. Um, in last week's episode, you find out that the, forgive the pronunciation, Dora Milaje, the the Black Panther group. Oh. Yeah. I didn't mean it like that. The group from Wakanda. Oh, not yeah, not yeah. the Black Panthers. <laughs> not the Black Panthers. The, uh, the racial equality group. <laughs> yeah, no, not them. They did not show up. The, uh, but the, uh, the Dora yeah. Milaje have been following Bucky and specifically Zemo right. since he got out because Zemo killed T'Chaka. Yeah. Which, do you remember who T'Chaka was? That was their king. Right? Well, yeah, that was um, Wakanda's king. Yeah, I'm. Why am I blanking on uh, T'Challa's dad? Oh, okay. Yeah, Chadwick well, Boseman's dad. I, I, I didn't watch Black Panther, but I oh, know. that's right. Yeah. Well, no, no, that happened in Civil War. Oh, Remember right. The, yes, yes. The explosion. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, God, that reminds me. Um, a little bit of a tangent, <laughs> but you see T'Chaka when he's because all the kings are Black Panther. Uh-huh. Just so you know. And you actually see T'Chaka when he's Black Panther. He comes to like like literally Harlem. Oh, okay. To like talk with like I think it was like his brother or cousin or something like yeah. that. And he has like this Black Panther outfit, but like his claws are gold. And I think his eyes were, but he actually had like this really cool like African sash. Oh nice. And it was like blacks and greens and purples. Yeah. And like he had that tie. It looks so fucking cool. Aww. So clean. Um sorry, that was a bit of a I totally Any Hoosies. Any Hoosies. <laughs> we find out that the Dora Milaje were kind of tracking Zemo. Uh, Zemo. Mm-hmm. Specifically, um, I think she is Black Panther second in command. I know like I said, you haven't seen Black I Panther. I don't know. I'm right on the chalkboard. Yeah. That's that's a good phrase. <laughs> right on the chalkboard. It's just my blank face. I Love it. So we find out that yeah, they've been tracking. Um they actually come to a head at one point where Zemo and Bucky, and I think all five of them. Were, yeah. Was Walker and Lamar in there when they broke in? I think they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they were like, all right, we're taking Zemo. Like, we're yeah. not fucking around anymore. Like, you're yeah. wasting our time. And Walker's like, hey, I'm Captain America. What do you need help with, girls? Is, is your Girl Scout troop around here? Put, tries to put the hand on the shoulder beat the shit out of him i absolutely loved that scene so good it was amazing he, he comes in i'm big strong white man i don't know why i put on a russian accent for that but you know that's fine he's like hey i'm a big strong white man how can i save your day and they just beat the shit out of him yeah it's chef's kiss the combat like they were they were trying to kill like, yeah. they weren't Oh, like, yeah, no, they were going to kill him. They weren't playing around. <laughs> no. I mean, like, some of the shit, they did it to, like, kind of stop him. Like, the, yeah. the one of them threw the spear and through, like, like, his strap yeah. in the shield. Which, yeah, like, so he couldn't move. The precision on that. Uh, but, yeah, they had him pinned to the table. But, like, they weren't, like, nah. if he was going more all out, like, they would have killed him. Yeah. Like, easily. And it was actually cool, because that was the first time we saw, um, when Bucky was fighting one of them, 
that she hit his pressure points, yeah, like his around arm. his arm, and you can actually disconnect it from yeah. his body. And <laughs> he he's didn't like, even know that. He's like, what, what happened to my arm? Dude out here looking like the Pikachu meme. <laughs> with just the... <gasps> so good it's pretty good pretty good so then uh that was actually i don't think that was the uh crux for walker kind of turning no it was it was the start there was something before that though wasn't there well he got beat up by the super soldiers in carly's group yeah but and he was like "Ah, i'm not a super soldier well i know specifically after fighting the the Dora Milaje, he's like, they weren't even super soldiers. Like, they were just yeah, he warriors. Was, yeah, he was mad about that. But like I said, I thought there was something before that that happened in this episode with the fight where he felt like he got his ass kicked again. I Not thought sure. it was just from was Carly's just group. Okay. Um, but that was actually one of the, the pushing points forward for him because yeah. in the previous scene with the funeral, because the funeral mm-hmm. was previous to that, at the end of it, Carly drops the rest of the super soldier serum that she has. Yep. And Zemo ends up breaking most of it, mm-hmm. which totally understandable why yeah. he, he's not into super soldiers. Exactly. Which is the whole reason Bucky and Sam broke him out in the first yeah. place. So then, um, and this still, like, I thought Zemo was dead because Walker throws the shield and, like, it hits him in the head. Yeah. Like, I, I was like, is Zemo dead? I thought he was, for because, sure. Because, like, that's not a, a, a stun hit. That's, uh, <laughs> no. that man is plunked. Yeah. That man is out of order. <laughs> yeah. But he knocks, uh, Walker knocks Zemo out and then he actually finds that there's one vial left. Yep. And he pockets it. And uh, Beck and I were saying, like, oh, well, we'll probably see him take it at some point. Yeah, because like, I feel it should, like it's really important. It should be a pretty important scene. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like they didn't have time for it or something Either like that. Either that or I was kind of thinking, like, and I, I don't know why they would choose this narrative, I guess. It's not the right way to put it. But I was wondering if Disney didn't want to show somebody... injecting themselves with somebody because you know it's really synonymous with drugs and i was thinking maybe disney themselves like don't they don't want to show that to kind of promote that i heard people theorizing that yeah like that was kind of the only like logical ish reason that i thought of was just because of like drug paraphernalia and everything um i still think that it it was kind of an important thing to show though. Um, so yeah, I was just, I was kind of confused by that, but that was the only reason I could come up with. See, at first I thought that, and then we, we kind of get like two big scenes with Walker. We have the, the Dora Milaje fight right. where he like literally slack jaw. He's like, yeah. those weren't even super soldiers. I got beat up like girls. So there was the one. And then the second one was when he was in the mall with Lamar mm-hmm. and he was talking to Lamar like, well, would you take it? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, why wouldn't I? Right. You know, like it just amplifies what you are. Right. And yeah. and you're a hero. So why yeah. wouldn't you? You're a good guy. So. Yeah. So I think that's kind of like that was the final. He, he was sort of seeking approval. Yeah. Not that he would have blamed Lamar. Like, it's your fault. No, but, but he like, wanted he was, somebody else's opinion. He didn't want to take it just on his own and maybe feel weak or, and inferior, seem like a or bad feel like guy. he had to. Yeah. To, to compete or right. do anything for America. I still make the argument. I talked to my buddy about this and like, I know people are starting to sympathize a bit more with Walker. I'm not sure how that reception is um, on the end of the episode, Yeah, but I, I know like we get the setup and like, he was a great soldier. 
he does all this cool stuff. And what, what I was kind of thinking is like, he reminds me of the guy who was like the, the quarterback in high school. <laughs> Everyone pats on the ass. He's yeah. like, he's such a great guy. You know yeah. what I Like those people, not yeah. like, you know, Oh, he's a, he's a good person. Right. You know? It's, he's a great guy. Like yeah. that kind of dividing, like, like nobody really knew like the real him. Right. And you know, I mean, how more powerful people are they just kind of jerk each other off yeah so it's like yeah he's great yeah they I love don't that know guy. his actual intentions his yeah. morals anything like that it's just they know the acts that he does and they have been good acts so i just think he has like this overwhelming sense of like self-importance yeah no he I, definitely does <laughs> this is my interpretation i've heard other people say like well he feels like he has to be Captain America and like maybe he didn't really want that but it's like I uh, for my interpretation I, with that. I feel like he he wanted like more spotlight yes more you know I'm because that's what I mean he walks around and he has yet to disprove this where he walks up to people I'm Captain America yeah. like he has like this yeah no and he's he, trying to order Sam and Bucky who have literally fought aliens and monsters yeah. and been and fought alongside they've Steve. been snapped because because Bucky got snapped and Sam did. did Sam? Sam yeah. did too. Yeah. yeah. Like they've actually done stuff. And yeah. he's he's yeah. fought like real wars, which right. is not, I'm not downplaying, but right. like at the equivalent of what they've done, like they've actually accomplished world saving. Yeah. Crazy feats. So yeah. that was kind of my yeah, interpretation. Yeah, I disagree. I could see where those people could come from because there have been a couple of moments when Walker's like do I deserve to be Captain America? But in my opinion, I feel like he's just seeking approval. Yeah. I feel like in his mind, he already knows. Yes. Like I deserve this. But when he talks to Lamar about like, I don't know why I deserve this. And Lamar's like, well, look at all this stuff you've done before. And I think he's not, I don't think Walker's doubting himself in those moments. I think he's just seeking extra approval on it just to make sure that everybody's on the same page as him. And what I kind of saw um, people talking about is the different... And they actually talk about it in this episode where uh, Sam and Bucky were saying how, like, the serum, like, always corrupts people. Like, it kind of makes them a bit more out of it. And Zemo's like, well, what about Steve? Right. And he's like, he was the only one, though. Yeah. Like, nobody else has been able to But then Lamar used that as well. Yeah. But, like, what I saw... Um, people saying is the equivalent of like with Steve, uh, good becomes great, but for Walker, bad becomes worse. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like it amplifies that and that actually goes into um, Walker takes the serum and then Sam has a meeting with Carly. We did kind of gloss over that. Um, they they had the, the church meeting mm-hmm. at the funeral and then she called Sam's sister yeah. And like I think like it was an empty threat. Yeah. I don't th- I think she was just trying to get to Sam in yeah. some way just so he like hey, I'm serious, right. but like she really wasn't going to yeah, do anything. I, I mean, so. like Carly's a bad guy, but yeah. it's the equivalent of like an anti-hero. Yeah. Like she's trying to do what she think is right, right. through her means. Right. And maybe that's through killing people, yeah. you know. Like I don't she's not really trying to be she's evil not a or super villain. Taking over cities no. or anything like that. No. Not so, yet, at least. Not. I don't think she will be. No, I don't. I'm. Think so. I honestly <laughs> think she might die at the end of this. Yeah. And I'll. I'll get into that a little bit at the ending with where I think the rest of the two episodes are going to go because yeah. only two left. Mm-hmm. Two weeks. So we get there. Uh, Sam and Carly's meeting. Sam actually brought Bucky, and then Carly finds out that Walker was coming. Right. 
Or no, no. So Sam had um, fucking the the blonde girl from Civil War. Agent oh, 13 was her name. I don't know Sharon? her actual name. Sharon. Sharon. Or no, Sharon is the actual. Sharon. Oh, fuck. I don't remember. Because Sharon Carter was. Oh, no. Peggy. Yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, it was Sharon. So it You're is right. Sharon. I'm yeah. sorry. It's so... I was right. You are right. <laughs> so Sharon told Sam that Walker was coming. Right. And then Carly heard that. Names. Sorry. Yeah. And then that's kind of like what spurred on their fight. And then Lamar and Walker come in on their own. And then that's kind of when you start seeing the clues of Walker being a super soldier. He yeah. kicks somebody down the stairs. Not like they tumbled, but they flew yeah. over the stairs yeah. into the wall they like and i think straight shot it down i think the sam stairs. was there for that too he was yeah. like the uh... fuck and then because even that we were unsure like mm-hmm. beck and i were like did he take it did he not yet it's well beck and i hard. were like that's a pretty strong kick yeah and then like, when he bends oof. the metal pipe yeah i'm then like, you're like oh, okay. all right that's superman shit gotcha. he took it yeah so then we get the uh, the final fight between basically everybody mm-hmm. for the episode and then Carly goes for Walker, but then Lamar gets in the way, and then she punches him, right? Yeah. Yeah, she punches him, like, in the chest, and he goes flying into that pillar. Into a pillar. And, like, that's it. Yeah, he definitely, like, he, there's a good thunk uh, when he hits it. You can see his head hit it. I think, like, he went slackjaw a little, too, so, like, I Yeah, like, he, like, slumped He's not injured. I think he's dead. No, he's, he was definitely dead. And, like, they showed, like him bleeding from his head and stuff i think that did they it was very subtle oh i didn't um it wasn't at first it wasn't like immediate it was like an after shot i noticed that they had like blood trickling down his head which if we're gonna get technical isn't the right spot you would bleed out of but yeah you know it's fine (laughs) i guess maybe i didn't see because he has black hair yeah yeah it was very very subtle but i thought this was kind of like funny afterwards because they were all fighting doing their punches and shit and then they were like Oh, somebody died. Yeah. Let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was funny. It's like, so we're okay fighting people, but yeah. as soon as somebody's actually hurt, like yeah. that's not a brush burn, then right. like we gotta, Whoops. what did we do? <laughs> so the Flag Smashers peace out and then Walker is following them and he's, he's ripping pissed mm-hmm. because Lamar's dead. Yeah. And I don't think he's coming back. I think he's dead. No, dead. I think it's he's not, dead. He was hurt. Dead. So Lamar actually follows, or Walker actually follows one of them. Mm. I'm not sure the names. They're just I'm not sure flag either. smashers and Carly. Yeah, yeah exactly. So Walker eventually he hits the guy once with the shield. Doesn't he like throw a cinder block at him and like Walker like just shatters it? Yeah. And then he gets him on like the, it, it was like a fountain area mm-hmm. and there was like steps leading up to it. And he hits him with the shield. He falls there. And the guy was like, it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. And, like, Walker does, like, the, the overhead yeah. Captain America shield smash. Yeah. And he kills this guy. Yeah. This man is not... See, this was interesting, though, because I was curious... He does it more than once, No, no, he does way. it more than once. <laughs> but I was curious what the actual damage was, because when you look at it, he had, like, the blood on his hands, mm-hmm. but his chest wasn't bloody, so... I think he decapitated him. 
Uh, I don't know, because from what They don't I... show his head after he bashes him, and his I... chest wasn't bloody, and I thought it would have been like, do you remember in Civil War? Yeah. When Captain America does, like, the Iron Man, mm-hmm. and it was the arc reactor in the chest? Yeah. You would have seen blood, at least. I thought I saw blood on his, like, stomach area. I could be wrong, but I thought he hit him, like, in the torso, but mm-hmm. I-, I could be wrong. I Because they I purposely did not show his head. Yeah, I, I thought the implication true. was decapitation. I mean, is... it could be decapitation <laughs> to captain america to <laughs> captain america so yeah the episode wraps up with that and then the walker looks shot. around yeah with Oof. the blood on the shield but walker looks around and like all these people have cameras yeah they recorded it yeah <laughs> so he's so, in, he's gonna be in some trouble my theory and this is what happened is and this leads into WandaVision Mephisto shit. But uh, there's been rumors that the the next episode's going to feature a character who's from the comics who has not appeared in the MCU yet. And what I kind of think is that with Walker killing somebody, personally, I think government's going to get him out of there. Oh, yeah, as they don't quick want as that. They don't want that representing no. uh, ideals or America in general. Yeah. So I think we might actually get to the point where we either episode five or six we're actually gonna maybe do like a trial like the trial of john walker type shit all right and i kind of stole this from somebody uh shout out to very gary comics because they actually had a podcast this gave me a really good idea yeah um what if uh jennifer walters who is she hulk Mm -hmm. is like a lawyer (gasps) the lawyer yeah. <gasps> Ooh. Because people were saying, like, what about Matt Murdock? And it's like, well, he's been in the MCU. Right. And it's possible, but if anything, he might show up in Spider-Man. Right. Like, that would be, like, more of the likely more, thing. Because, yeah. Um, I mean... They're both in New York. Yeah, yeah, with the New York thing and with how, like, the multiverse stuff is acting. Yeah. And with Peter and his identity at the end of Far From Home. Mm-hmm. So, like, we don't know. Right. But I think it's possible Jennifer Walters could Whoa, appear here. That would be cool. Yeah. I mean, she would be Jennifer Walters. She wouldn't yeah, be Yeah, but that would be cool, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm here for that. Yeah, that I think be that'd awesome. be cool. Uh, I did see another theory, maybe, that they can kind of mimic uh, Captain America Civil War, I believe. Because mm-hmm. at the end of that comic book, uh, Steve was going to go to trial. Okay. But as he was walking in the courthouse, he gets shot by crossbones and killed. Mm. so people are thinking what if that happens with john right he dies zemo kills him because zemo doesn't want any more super Super soldiers soldiers. running around and here's my that's interesting i think zemo is here for a minute yeah i don't don't think think zemo's going going anywhere anywhere. i'm not sure about walker just because it's wyatt russell which he's not a huge name but like this is somebody who's doing other things yeah you know what i mean yeah like, it's very possible they keep him, but I think at the very least we're going to see Zemo wrap up here, and I think they're going to lead him into, like, doing the Thunderbolts. Which, do you know about the Thunderbolts? No. It's, like, an equivalent, kind of, like, the Suicide Squad. Okay. So, like, technically, or typically, uh, it's, like, villains who are right. gathered up and tasked to do something, and, like, okay. they'll get a reduced sentence right. type thing. And that's already happened with Zemo. I mean, right. he's been arrested. Like, yeah. he's not going to be on the run forever. Right. And uh, one of the leaders, typically, of that is Thunderbolt Ross, who is in here, who eventually becomes Red Hulk. Okay. And people were thinking with, um, if you remember the Black Widow trailers, they were trying to get, like, those vials. Mm. People think maybe it might just be more shit to where, like, he would take it and turn into Red Hulk. Right. And that could lead into your Thunderbolts. And then, I mean, there's still villains who are around that you can use for that shit. Right. So, 
My theory is that I think Zemo will kill Walker, but I could totally see Zemo and Walker living mm-hmm. and getting relocated to the Thunderbolts. Yeah. Because, I mean, I could see Ross, Thunderbolt Ross, running that. And he's like, yeah, you guys are, right. like, rejects, essentially. Yeah. Like, you're not going anywhere, so do yeah. you want to do shit to right. at least get Help. out or yeah. do something? Right. You know? So I, I could see it going both ways. Uh, I'm kind of leaning now towards Walker being killed. Yeah. But Zemo's not going anywhere. No, I don't think Like, so. they're finally setting him up to be a character. Yeah. And, like, he's a cool character now. Yeah. Like, he, he actually I has, like, like, his power is being smart. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when the, the Dora Milaje were fighting uh, Walker and everything, he, he left through the bathroom. Yeah. Like, he went out the like, sewer. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of my theory. I think we're going to maybe do the trial. Mm-hmm. And then Sam's, I still think Sam is going to pick up the shield. And yeah. I think this is almost going to be more of the crux to do it because Walker's going to go to trial. The shield's going to be there. And he's like, I can't let Steve's legacy stay like this. Right. Like to where when people think of Captain America in their mind, they see the bloodied shield. Right. Like that's not what he wanted. Right. Like, so he'll have to start at the bottom with it and yeah. like bring it back up to, mm-hmm. you know, where it should be. Right. So theories who knows i think it's good though yeah we're wrapping up though absolutely mm-hmm. i mean i think the only scenes we haven't seen are there's been uh trailer stuff of sam like throwing the shield around like trees and stuff like right. practicing yeah i mean you could still argue maybe it's bucky it's, it's got to be sam well, like yeah i don't think it's bucky yeah so looking respectfully Look respectfully. Do you have anything else on it? or No. No? No. Okay. <laughs> Not used to rambling without an interjection. So that's it for Falcon Winter Soldier Episode 4. We're actually going to get into Promising Young Woman right now, mm-hmm. which we just watched right before recording this. Yes. Just wanted to talk a little bit about it before we talk about the movie. This was actually supposed to come out... Of I think it said it was April of last year mm-hmm. in theaters. And obviously the Panna Cotta. Uh, it ended up releasing on Christmas of last year. Mm-hmm. So a few months ago, not too right. long. And I looked up the director. Uh, this is her first directed movie. Wow. She directed a short before. Okay. In like 2018. Mm-hmm. But this is her first movie. She's typically an actress. Wow. Yeah. She's actually, um, I think her name was Emerald... Emerald Fennel, something like that. Mm-hmm. Her first name's Emerald, though. Okay. She's from the UK, from London, and she was typically in uh, kind of like those like London, UK type shows. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah. Like uh, Downton Abbey, I think she's okay. in. Okay, yeah. I think she's either in or wrote some episodes for The Crown. I haven't heard well. of that one, but... You haven't heard of The Crown? I mean, I, I've i heard of it. Yeah. I, I watched some of Downton Abbey. But that's kind of so like the realm where she's... Mm-hmm. And like I said, she's an actress, typically. Right. Like, this is her her second directorial credit on IMDb, and she has, like, 20 or 30 acting credits. Wow. Like, smaller roles, but... She did a really movie. good job. Yeah. So I just wanted to touch on that before we talk about it. Um, with a movie like this, it's not like a Godzilla vs. Kong or a Zack Snyder Justice League where people are just about to go see it type thing. Right. And with a smaller movie like this, like, equivalent of, like, a nobody, uh-huh. uh, I think we're just going to kind of talk about it and intersplice spoilers as we see fit. Yeah. So I'm going to call this a spoiler review. Is that okay with you? That's fine. Okay. 
I will say before we get into the spoilers, though, if you don't want to know what happens, absolutely 100% watch this movie. Well, here's the thing, too, which is funny. Um, I didn't tell you, but Red Letter Media covered this movie. Oh, yeah. And I had heard of this before because we actually saw the trailers right. before. Uh, movie theaters were not a thing. Right. And they actually said how good it was. Yeah. And they talked about literally everything except for the ending. Oh, okay. Ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I, I knew most of this going in. I even knew the, the twist that you called oh, okay. with the video. Right. Um, and it did not detract from my enjoyment. So okay. if you've seen the Red Letter Media video and or any reviews on this movie, mm-hmm. you'll still enjoy it. Yeah. It's no. a lot of fun. And I just want to say, too, that if you are a woman, watch this movie. So I guess maybe we watch should talk. It. <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about what the movie is about, I yeah. guess. So in, like, the broadest, simplest terms, it's like a rape revenge. Yeah. I wrote down in my notebook, it's a beautiful revenge story. Yeah, yeah. But specifically, we want to elaborate that it is over a heavier topic. Well, yeah, it is. It's about very real topics, uh, but they do it in a way. What did I write down here? I I, I wrote it down and I was like, that's really good. Checking notes. Okay, so it touches on uh, in a fantastical way. Ooh. Like an see, I that's why I wrote it down. It was a good word. It does it in in kind of like a fantasy way. If like there were no rules in society, you know, like this is kind of what we would follow. Um, but it does it in a way that also doesn't detract from the seriousness of the topic, uh, which I think is really good. To piggyback off of your fantastical viewpoint, mm. this is I don't know if you grabbed that from what I told you before, but a little. <laughs> Uh, one of my favorite movies, and this is weird, but it's Under the Silver Lake with mm. Andrew Garfield. Mm. I'm sure most people have not seen it. Probably that not. movie's weird as shit. Yeah. It makes no sense. <laughs> no. It doesn't feel real. No. And this but movie it's awesome. has this movie has that same energy to it, to mm. where it feels like like I I use the word like ethereal type. Yeah. Like it just feels like it's like a dream. Right. But like it does feel sort of grounded, but it it feels like you're floating. Yeah. Like the movie feels like it's floating. It's not anchored to like. Right realism type stuff and i'm not saying it's a movie that's uh concepts and ideas and the movie and the story are straightforward yeah like there's no real branching pathways but the way it's presented and the way that Mm -hmm. the story is like told essentially it just feels like is this is this like someone's fantasy like what they see yeah but like the real world isn't what they're looking at yeah you know what i mean it definitely feels like it could all be somebody's like like in their head like this is what I could, this is what I would do if there were no rules. Sure. Like, this is how I would get back at these people. Um, so, yeah, I think, but I think it adds to it because it's I love not something like you see every day. No. So, I think it's great. And also, I wanted to say, too, about this. I know that a lot of times, especially with, like, superhero movies and everything, a lot of times people... I, I lip smacked. <laughs> Sorry. You're good. Um, a lot of times people say, oh, like Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel, like they're amazing movies because um, they have these female leads, which yes, female leads, strong female leads are important. However, I think that this movie does a really good job at being a good movie as well as an empowering movie for women. Whereas sometimes the superhero movies kind of lack on the good movie aspect of it, but then you're looked down upon for not liking it because then the the 
I forget the word that I'm trying to say, but like the, uh, the assumption, that's the word I was grabbing for. The assumption is that you don't like strong women. So, which is, I have a problem with, cause it's not, it's not that it's just sometimes it's not a good movie. So I think this movie does a good job empowering women and being a good movie at the same time. Also, it elaborates that men are horrible. Yes, men ain't shit. (laughs) That actually, um, it ties into what I thought was an issue with the movie, but, like, the more you kind of think about it, it feels really intentional. Like, Mm -hmm. so we're going to start actually talking about the movie more. Yes. Um, Most of it is sort of like a revenge-type movie, Mm -hmm. but the other half is, like, a weird love story. Yeah. It's, like, interspliced, (laughs) and, like, you don't know if, like, like, the filmmaker's joking Right. You don't know, like, if they're trying to be serious, but, like, as we get closer to the ending, like, for me, my interpretation, it was kind of, like, to follow the same path. No matter how good you think a man is, yep. it's still so possible for him to have a skeleton yep. in his closet that... Men ain't shit. That just ruins him for <laughs> exactly. you. Exactly. And it, it ties in a lot to the main character and uh, her issues, the, mm. the love story that she had throughout the movie. It's so exactly. funny to say love story, because it's like... Yeah. It feels so fake. Yeah. Because it's like... It's like the, a subplot. The whole movie is, is viewed almost like in this, like, bubblegum pop lens. Yeah. Like, I want to equate it to something like that, to where, like, it, it feels like it's... Like we talked about, kind of, yeah. like, mystical, like, ethereal, whatever. Like, right. it's like... Are they really? Like, yeah, are they being like, serious? Or are we, like... Should we look in the background? Are we, like, yeah. satiring something? <laughs> right, yeah. And sometimes there's stuff like that, like... How in most romantic movies... The characters will have like a montage of them yeah. doing adorable things together, and that happens in this movie. And uh, in one of the the scenes, they're actually doing this in like a pharmacy. They're yeah. like singing. I forget what the song is. It was it was a Paris Hilton song. Paris Hilton song. Yeah. And they were like singing and dancing and like moving around or whatever. And you see like the pharmacy workers and like the workers in the back staring at them like, yeah, the fuck are you doing are you in doing? my store? Yeah. Like they're it's looking at them slack jawed. Yeah. It's like what's it, going it's, on? It's kind of trying to hint that like. They're doing this, but yeah. it's not supposed. It's not showcased in like that romantic right movie. It's not like they're a still in the real world. Yeah, yeah, with real people walking around judging them. Yeah, like they're not in their own romance mm-hmm. romantic world. Exactly, exactly. I guess we should start talking about the story itself. Sure. Since we did it, we actually did a good job of doing a non-spoiler. Yeah. Part. Of it. Yeah. Looking respectfully, by the way. Um, oh, I will very respectfully look. Before we get too much more into this, I just want to put something out personal. Mm-hmm. And I know we've covered um, Justice League, Godzilla vs. Kong, Nobody. And those movies are great. Not detracting from them at all. This kind of shit is, are the movies that I love. Me like, too. Like movies that are, and like I said, Under the Silver Lake. Yeah. Movies that are like real seeming and like grounded and have like an interesting storytelling mechanic to them and like the way that they want you to experience the movie Mm. it's like i said if you're down with those normal mainstream movies that's fine yeah we cover them because hoping for more popularity and (laughs) you know i mean there's no bullshitting around it like you want to cover and we're not lying about the the movies we've covered previously or the movies we're gonna cover yeah but like these kinds of movies are like the movies that I love to talk about, and once yeah. we get like, and these are the movies that we enjoy the most too, that we enjoy the most just sitting here and watching. And once we probably get like a, a larger audience, or when there's more of a lull, or mm-hmm. we're feeling comfortable, whatever, we'll probably cover more movies similar to this that are yeah. just kind of strange and weird, and not a lot of people are talking about. And mm-hmm. 
I mean, my favorite film company is A24, just because they put out the weird shit, Mm -hmm. the good shit. And the stuff that they want to do, because so many times there's, you know, pushbacks on on movies like, eh, you know, these big corporations don't want something included in a movie. It's not going to make money. Why would right, I want that? Exactly. In the movie? So that sometimes with the like these smaller movies, like movie studios and smaller budget movies, you get more creative freedom, which is nice to see. Yeah. But yeah, I guess we should now get into the story. We're just a ranting. Bit. It's good. It's a good movie. I can't help I it. I loved it. I was into this movie. So the the essence of the movie is we're following our main character, Cassie. Yep. And they kind of play around the idea with the idea a little bit in the beginning. Um, you see her frequenting like bars and clubs, mm-hmm. and she acts like she's drunk, yep. in hopes that she attracts men who want to be like, "Hey, let me take you." A home. nice guy. Let me let me make sure you're okay. Are you okay? I can call you a cab. Come to my place for another drink. It's yep. all right. And we kind of follow uh, her what she ends up doing. And while it's never explicitly said what she does with them, I no. think she just tries to. Them in wake them up essentially yeah in and how they're treating women and exactly how, how creepy and awful yeah it, it really is like she's calling them out yeah so like in the the first interaction in the movie uh, a guy is going to take her home yeah. they go in an uber together and he's like why don't you come to my place we can have a drink do you yeah. just want a beer you can co-? and then he's like uber driver let's go go to my place instead yeah and it's like, only a couple blocks she's here, not even fine. saying anything like she's supposed to be drunk and she's like what like she's acting drunk yeah like she doesn't know and, where she is and he doesn't give a shit he's no. like you want to go yeah you want to all right let's go yeah you want to like it's all you want to do yep. this right mm-hmm. like it's it's really good uh gaslighting i guess is yeah. the, the word yeah. you wanted this yeah so you dressed like this yep anyway uh so we actually get into more of that and uh a few times in the movie she interacts with these guys or they more so interact with her yeah when she's acting drunk and uh, they'll try to have sex with her or just try to kiss, her up. do whatever. Yeah, yeah, literally anything. And uh, at a certain point, she'll kind of like turn and be like, fucking stop it. And they're like, I thought you were drunk. It's hilarious. It's to great. See too, because they're and they they're shocked. Yeah. And they're like, and a couple of them even said, are you sober? I yeah. thought you were drunk. Like, that's the whole reason they're. they're... Well, I think she even says that makes it OK, then. Right. Exactly. Which is. The whole thing is that, you know, it's not okay to take advantage of people just because they're drunk and they don't understand what's going on. So she's trying to prove that point to these guys. Like, don't take advantage of women just because they're they're being a little sloppy right now. That doesn't mean that it's okay. Like, just be... <laughs> and a lot of these guys are kind of, you know, questionable looking. We get, we get a nice guy in a fedora at one point, you know, so... We have a few guys who literally say, but I'm a nice guy. Yeah. I would never do anything. So, they're guys that, you know, maybe don't get a lot of action from sober girls, you know? So, they're like, hey, I'm going to take my chance with this drunk girl because she doesn't know what's going on. And so, they, predators, right? Exactly. Exactly. Just wanted to clear that up. <laughs> Predators. Uh, so yeah, so she's like, ah, hey, stop it. Don't do that. That's bad. Um, you know, she kind of, she really puts them in their place and it's hilarious to see. And at one point, I think it's the guy in the fedora where he's like, oh, shit, you're that girl. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. That like, <laughs> what was that? McLovin's. Uh, <laughs> Christopher Min's applause is in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> When he came on screen, I was like, hey, it's that guy. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, so the, the fedora guy was friends with the McLovin guy and he was like, oh shit, you're that girl that Jerry took home. And like, <laughs> and he realizes it. So these nice guys are even talking amongst each other and saying, Hey, there's this girl going around like acting like she's drunk and then you take her home and she's completely sober and she freaks out and she's a psycho and everything. And then Cassie says, yeah, well, there's girls that are worse than me. There's a girl in the city that carries scissors around in her pockets, you know, to assumedly chop people's dicks off, which I love that energy. But, you know, so she's really just out here trying to put these guys in their place, which they deserve. And these are, like, our first few scenes, like, interacting with our main character. Mm -hmm. And it really shows, like, where her headspace is at. Exactly. And in terms of, like, what's important to her. Mm -hmm. Because after these scenes, we'll cut to... uh, She lives at her parents' house. She she just turned 30, which we get told. Yep. And her parents are like, you know, what are you doing with your life? Like, what do you want to do? We find out that she dropped out of med school. And Mm -hmm. we'll get into why. Right. And she she basically has, like, no direction. Like, this is what... And she just works at a coffee shop. And she even gets offered a promotion at the coffee shop. And she's like, no, I don't want it. Yeah. I just, I'm fine working here. I love the name of the coffee shop too. It's just called Make Me Coffee. Make Me Coffee. It's love so, it. I don't know if that was supposed to be like a commentary on know. like the, the serving service industry. Yeah. I don't know, but it was great. It was cute. So we, we kind of get like the, the implication that like, sh- this is what she wants to do. Yeah. Like she wants to. She's not killing guys. We no. we kind of want to establish that. She has like a notebook and she'll tally the different guys that she interacts with. And it's color coded with like blue, red, and black. Yeah. And we I... never we never see what red is. I would assume red is like really bad. Yeah. I, I would assume that it's just maybe like the steps that they took, like how far they went. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, or just an overall, like how did they treat her? Right. You know? Exactly. So... Yeah, like, I'm sure Red would have been, like, they tried taking me in the back alley. Yeah. Like, like immediately. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's... Exactly. And I think it's just for her own personal count. It never really gets explained, but I think maybe in her head it just, you know, is counting, like, how many bad guys there are out there. And what kind of gets the, the story to start moving is Bo Burnham. Big mm-hmm. ups, Bo Burnham. Uh, did you know he actually directed 8th grade? I didn't know that. Yeah, we haven't watched that yet. No. Uh, I have it. But yeah, A24 movie. Okay. He directed that. Nice. Yeah. And he's he was super well known because he became like a musician, comedian type thing. Right. I recognized in... him. Yeah. I didn't know his name, but yeah. I was like, I know that face. <laughs> uh, but we, we get the story started with him because he comes into the coffee shop and mm-hmm. we find out the two of them had gone to med school together. Right. They weren't like super good friends. They just kind of They were knew... in classes together. They knew of each other, yeah. essentially. And then he kind of starts trying to to hit on her, but like he he behaves in like a normal way. Yeah, you know what I mean. Not in a predatory way. He does like some goofy stuff, like yeah. when he was he said something. Oh yeah, when he comes to the coffee shop, he's like, "Why are you working here?" Yeah, he's like, "Well, I didn't mean it like <laughs> yeah, I like didn't that. mean it like that." And but... he's like, "You could you, I'd understand if you spit in my coffee." And then she does. Yeah. And then he drinks it. Yeah, but... that was gross. That was uh, I didn't like that. Yeah, I was weird. But yeah, but like, he's just see, like, he's trying energy. to hit on her in like a cutesy way because obviously she's sober. Yeah, she's at work, like... and he sees that like she's not really interested at first, so he just tries to like kind of you know 
play off of her personality, which is a little more dry and sarcastic, you know, and so it, yeah, they just, they're just flirting. That's, that's all. And he's the first like non-predatorial guy that we see in yeah. the movie. So that's, yeah, that's how their whole thing starts. Probably one of two. Yeah. Cause him and uh, Alfred Molina's in this movie. Yeah. Which if you've seen Spider-Man 2, Doc Ock. But I think those are the only... And her dad. And her dad. Her dad is Clancy Brown, too, which, yeah. you know, He's... I said that, but you yeah. know who he is? I, I know Mr. Krabs. Ah, there it is. There you go. Ah. Money, money, money. Money, 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 money. She did the hand motions, too. <laughs> how do you not, how do you say that and not do the hand motions? Are you doing, like, money hand motions or crab hand motions? Both. Both. If you, like... <laughs> I don't know what the fuck she's doing right now. Can we move on? I'm sorry I brought up Clancy Brown. But the two of them, uh, they end up exchanging numbers. Well, she gives him a number, and then it's fake, and then he comes back uh, in a later scene, and then they end up actually going out, and they have, like, a normal date, and then we kind of find out a little bit more about her. Uh, She was, like, top of her class, Mm -hmm. uh, or, like, second. Her, uh, I think Nina was top yeah i think they had said it, 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 they were still at the top yeah yeah she was class. the point is like she was smart like yeah. she was um performing well like he even said like you were doing better than me and mm-hmm. we find out bo burnham's like a pediatric surgeon yep and she dropped out because i guess we can just get into that now yeah. so we we find out that cassie had a best friend her name was nina mm-hmm. they went to the same school together yep. uh, we find out that nina was is taken an okay word used what do you mean i'm trying to be something happened to her i'm saying she was taken against her will or oh like used yeah against... i'm trying to... honestly i found it i don't want to keep of... saying the r word so i found it they never said it in the in the movie either if That's you true. notice they no, never right. they never said it yeah which i thought was an interesting take um because again it's kind of it's a strong word. It is a strong word. And the fact that they didn't say it in the movie makes it more of like the, the fantastical type thing, but yeah. still being serious about the topics. Obviously, it's a very serious topic. There was no like leeway in what could have happened, though. No, she was taken advantage of. Yeah. Verily. And it was basically they said that like they ran a train on her and everything. Essentially. And... Yeah, we find out that her her best friend was taken. Yeah. And against her will and used. And I believe they she said was, that she was at a party or yeah, drunk Yeah, and something. she was super drunk. And yeah. that, that was the thing was that... That's what made it okay. That's what made it okay. But Cassie was saying she couldn't even lift her head up. Like, yeah. how could you how could you do that? She obviously didn't... She couldn't... She didn't even know where she was, let yeah. alone know what was happening to her. But, you know, oh, well, she's at this party and she's drunk and she wanted it, so... And uh, we eventually find out that there's, uh, this is kind of like a big, bigger point in the movie. We find out towards the end, there's a movie, uh, like a video like of a it. video of it, yeah. And we, you never see it as the audience. No. You do hear it and you do actually hear her and it's, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Like you hear her like upset or yeah. struggling or something, but like you hear And like the guy's her, just like laughing. Her whines or moans yeah. or anything like that. But we actually end up finding out that that's why Cassie dropped out of med school uh, because Nina wasn't herself anymore She's after that. messed up, yeah. And it's never... It is said, actually. It is specifically said that she that ends her own her life. Well, it doesn't say... They didn't... No, no, he said... Remember he said that at the ending? Did they? Al? Yeah, he said it. I'll just say it. He said, 
wasn't that the chick who killed herself? Oh, Remember? I must have missed that. I think he said that. Yeah. I thought I thought at one point he said she's dead. Because oh, well, before then we didn't know if she was alive and just had disowned Cassie or if she was dead. Um I was almost playing with the idea where, like, she was affected mentally to where, like, she didn't become a vegetable, but to where she was just, like, well, like, right, gone. yeah. There were there were interactions um, throughout the movie that made you kind of question, like, mm-hmm. is she dead or is she just does a good completely job of, dissociated from society? Does a good job with like such a straightforward story to still keep you in yeah. wondering, like, is is she alive? Yeah, and it isn't until the end that you find out that she is dead. And if they didn't say it outright, the implication is there that like she probably killed herself. I mean, I th- I'm sure if it was like a car accident, they would have said. Yeah, that. they would. You know said what it. I mean? Like, and I, you know, this just kind of came into my mind as we were saying that like they don't explicitly say like rape i think this movie does a really good job of if you have been traumatized by something of the likeness it does a really good job of not alienating it does a really good job of like not putting things out there right in your face as to like trigger you Mm. Okay. Um, and I, I don't, I know people throw around like the, oh, don't get triggered or whatever, but like, this is a very serious thing. Um, it's treated seriously. In this. And it is treated very seriously, but I think they do a really good job of like, like with the video, they don't show the video. No, we don't, there's need, no reason to, we don't need to see that, but there are some movies that you, they would show that video. They would show, you know, these different, like really intense things that can be really traumatizing for people. And I think the movie does a really good job of not putting that in there so that you could still possibly enjoy the movie if you have been traumatized by something. But at the same time, it really, like, takes it down to that serious note that, like, this is a problem and everything. It's a really good point. I didn't think about it. Yeah, I just, I just was thinking about that, that they didn't, you know, explicitly say, like, rape. And I was yeah. like, why didn't they, why didn't they say that? And I think it's because of that. Yeah. Yeah, so to go from there, we they date. We find mm-hmm. out about her backstory a little bit. Yep. And that's kind of like her crux as to why she's doing all this. Yeah. Is because she's essentially doing it for her friend. Because right. nobody defended her. Because it and ruined her here, life. From here, we do some really fun shit. Oh, hell so yeah. So there's, there's five stages in total. Yep. And the first one was her friend, Alison Brie. Alison Brie's Her old this. friend. Yeah. yeah. Um, she plays Annie. On Community? Yeah. Andy's boobs. She plays Madison Madison. in this movie. Yeah. So she she was one of her old friends because Bo Burnham brought her up. Brought it up, yeah. And he was like, oh yeah, I thought like the three of you used to be really good friends. And she's like, no, we we weren't. Yeah. So then when he kind of brings her up, it kind of makes her like remember that. Mm -hmm. Because that's when, I think when Bo is talking is when she finds out that Al, who was the the main guy who did all this to yeah. Nina, was having his, or he was back in town. He was he lived getting in married. London. Yeah, he lived in London. For yeah, a while. he had gone away for a while, and then he was coming back into town to get married. Yeah, and that's kind of what triggered like the the five steps. For yeah, her. and I almost thought happening. that Alison Brie was dating him. That was like the start of it, but oh, it was she yeah. was just her no. old friend. Yeah, but Alison Brie was getting married. No, Alison right. Brie was already married. She had just had twins. Oh, right, right. Okay, yeah. And she was like this loving, happy mother. Which was funny when she said that, how like 
she said she felt old and like yeah um you could actually see like bags and i'm like allison brie is getting old shit <laughs> i still just think of her as like being a fucking 20 year old yeah because like, i've never seen her in well we saw her in fucking uh get hard oh, yeah yeah the <laughs> stupid will ferrell movie we didn't even uh, finish that regardless uh they actually end up going to to breakfast lunch dinner whatever together brunch whatever yeah and Cassie kind of starts digging at her about like why did you back out of mm-hmm. helping Nina? Yeah. And Allison was like, I forget what she said specifically. It was like we were drunk and like we were getting drunk all the time. Like nobody would take you seriously doing yep. that to yourself all the time. Exactly. Which it's really interesting because like uh, a lot of the characters that Cassie bounces off of in this movie who talk about what happened are mm-hmm. females. Yeah. So it, it gives you, like, this this eye to be like, why don't you care? It's, like, another girl right. that this You would think to. that other women would take it very seriously, yeah. but a lot of times they don't. And, you know, that's another issue that happens in the real world. It's not just men. Uh, sometimes women can be just as bad about just saying, like, while you wore a really short skirt, what were you thinking? You know, it, it's a real thing that happens. So I'm glad that they also touched on that. And with, um, I think most of the five steps, yeah. she ends up interacting with a person yeah. and then she'll have something happen to the person. Yeah. So it's kind of like her, her one, two thing. So what she ended up doing with Allison Brie is she gave her a shit ton of liquor. Yeah. The, and while she they got were her, having brunch. Yeah. yeah. She got her drunk as shit. And then, uh, from the audience's perspective, it's perceived that she gets assaulted because yeah, when when Cassie leaves, Cassie there's pays somebody off. There's a guy at the bar, and she's like, "Yeah, you can go hang out with her now." And the yeah. guy's like, "Are are you sure?" And she, she seems gives him little... a room key too. Yeah, she's, she's like, like, "This room is whatever." Yeah, she she tells him like, "This is her room. Just meet her up there, or whatever." Yeah. And like, as the audience, you're like. Did, did Cassie just, like, give up her friend to be, like, assaulted? Yeah, like, which was, like, a lot. Like, I was, yeah. like, at that point, I was, like, holy shit. Like, that's a that's a bad move. Like, that's really, like, a psychotic move. Yeah. We find out later that... Um, because happened. Yeah, we actually find out pretty immediately after that uh, Madison keeps calling... Yeah, she kept calling Cassie, yeah, and Cassie was an answer. To figure out, because she was so drunk that she couldn't remember. And she remembers a guy being her uh, mm-hmm. her apartment, or her uh, hotel, hotel room, room, and she doesn't remember exactly what happened. Right. And then, just to find out later, like, towards the end of the movie, uh, Cassie said that she just paid him to keep an eye on her. Right. Just kind of... Just her so her memory... Yeah, just so her memory would get a little fucky. Right. So, like, Cassie does, like, fuck with people, but yeah. she doesn't, like, kill anybody or do right, anything exactly. like that. Right, exactly. So, for moving to step one, we go to step two, two. which was the, the, dean. the dean. Yep. The dean was my favorite fucking part of this movie. <laughs> that was... So, what we do to lead up to it is Cassie's driving by, I assumed a college. I think it was a high school. Really? I, I think it was like a private high school. Okay. Maybe private is what kind of set me off, because it seemed big. So, Cassie's driving through like a, a private high school, like pretending to to be lost looking for directions whatever and she finds the the dean's daughter the dean is a woman Mm -hmm. and her daughter we'll go with that we'll go that she was a high schooler yeah and cassie had purposely left clues that she was working for like a band that the daughter loved or something Mm -hmm. like that so the daughter got in the car with her and they went off whatever 
So that's the setup for when Cassie goes to see the Dean. Mm -hmm. And she talks to the Dean about, um, well, her bullshit excuse to get in was that she was interested in reapplying. Yeah. But when she goes to the Dean, she starts digging a little bit about Nina and about what happened with everything that happened at the school. Because it happened at the school. Right. And it was interesting because the Dean was playing it around. She was like, well... I'm sure that I, I did all I could and I, I looked into it as, as much as I can. And, but, oh, well, I guess before that, sorry, before that, the Dean didn't even remember it. Yeah. She, she didn't remember at all that this had even happened. And her excuse was, well, this happens like one or two times a week. So it so happens a lot. How am I supposed to remember all of them? Right. right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Don't do that. Sorry. Don't honk into the... Honk. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's kind of like the... Kind of the whole start of seeing that the Dean was... Yeah, and the... Either just literally didn't give a shit, right. or was just a bad person. Yeah, because she was like, well, I don't remember. It happens all the time. Who did you talk to? Cassie's like, you. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Dean's like, ooh, uh, well, my bad. And then that's kind of when the Dean was like, well, I'm sure I did all that I could. Mm-hmm. It's... We can't do anything about it now. It's been so long yep. type thing. And then Cassie kind of starts digging into it to where she's like, oh, well, I guess that's pretty interesting because uh, I just, I, I, what, she was like, I ran into your daughter. Well, or like I picked up. No. Okay. I forget so the train, if you want to take it over. that, okay. another important thing that the Dean said was, well, what was I supposed to do? Ruin this young man's life? Right. Right. Fuck. I forgot. That. Yes. Yes. It's my favorite part. You're supposed to ruin this young man's life. He is a horrible person. So that she's like, well, you know, it was just a bunch of boys and they were at a party. And she basically used the boys will be boys excuse. Um, And so that's when Cassie gets into, well, you'll be glad to know that I dropped your daughter off at the same room that it happened to Nina in. And there was a group of guys in there. I think they had a bottle of vodka and, you know, like... They'll be fine, right? Like, those boys won't take advantage of her. She'll be totally fine. And then the dean starts freaking out immediately, obviously, because she knows her child is she in danger. She starts swearing, too. Like, yeah. the dean was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Give me my daughter exactly. back. Where is like, she? Exactly. Like, she clearly knows that her daughter is in danger, even though she's denied up until now that being in a situation like that would put a woman in danger. Uh, so yeah, it's really funny to see the, the immediate change that when it's her daughter, she's, oh my God, my daughter, I need to protect her. She needs to stay safe. Um, it's not safe for her in a room full of boys, you know, all this stuff. Uh, so yeah, (laughs) it was pretty good. That's kind of the commentary that Cassie was trying to tell with this scene to be like, oh, so it's okay when it's not somebody you know. Right. But as soon as it's somebody you know, then holy shit, we need to figure this out. Exactly. So it's, and again, like we said, the Dean was a female. Yeah. And like. And obviously she's like an important female. She's a Dean of, of a medical college. Yeah. She's educated. She's intelligent. She's a leader. So it just proves that even a strong woman could still have these ideologies of, oh, well, boys will be boys. Am I supposed to ruin this young man's life? Yeah, you are. You are. <laughs> and I think the argument we, I think we find out later that he graduated the the guy. At the top of his class. Yeah. yeah like Kuma Sunlata. Is that how you say it? Uh, Magna Kumata. Magna Kumata. Yeah. Okay. 
But yeah, so that was that was two. Mm-hmm. That was all of two. And then three was Alfred Molina, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Cassie finds Alfred Molina's character, who we find out that he was a lawyer. And he was actually the one who worked for the school. I don't know if he explicitly said it was for the school, but he or worked for, for, for Al. Al. Yeah, yeah. For the for the In guy. the trial. Yeah. yeah. So we find out that he was kind of the one who was trying to like hush hush all the evidence yeah. and all the people and everything like that. And like you would assume that like this would be the scuzziest person of all. But like this man is broken. Oh, like he this is man is like, mess. and I don't think he he wasn't bullshitting. He was not bullshitting. No. He's like, I can't sleep. Yeah, I can't live with myself. And she found him so easily because she called his office, yeah. and his office just told him where he lived. And he's like, well, I figured if somebody wanted to find me, like, why make it harder? Like, I better pay the pay the piper. Yeah. Right. So when she comes to his door, originally she walks up to this man's door. He has no idea who she is. And she says some. she goes, it's your day of reckoning. And he goes, well, I knew this would come eventually and lets her into his house. He has no idea who this woman is, but he knows somebody is going to come after him eventually for what he's done. Like that's, he is so, he knows like he, he did bad things. And at one point, like he's on the floor, like on his knees, like begging her. He's like, I can't sleep. I know I fucked up. Like, I am so sorry. I know I can't do anything about it now. And he's explaining that they were paid off to do this, that they would get bonuses for not for not going to trial because it's explained that. And I think he said uh, you would get bonuses for every charge you knocked off. Too. Yeah, it was something like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Like you would get paid extra to get these boys out of trouble. And it's explained in Nina's situation that this guy or somebody in his office bullied her into dropping the charges. And then he explains that he would have gotten a bonus for that. He actually goes on to like make a a commentary about how the world is right now. Yeah. And he was essentially saying like, if we make these girls look as like scuzzy and like, you know, whorish. Sloppy. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. As possible. Then like, it looks better for the jury. Because he's like, and with how the world is right now with social media, you find one picture and you can get a jury to turn on exactly. the girl. You find one drunken selfie of a girl with her friends and all of a sudden everything is justifiable because she's, you know, she's just a drunk whore all the time, yeah. even though that's not the case. So it's, yeah, like it's interesting to see that like this is how these lawyers were paid and this is how they made their money and everything. So it's really cool that we kind of wrap this up with him coming around and being like, I'm sorry. Like, he's not, you know, well, she was asking. Like, he didn't fall into, like, the norms of, like, what would happen to the, like, the other people, how they were talking. Right. Well, and at one point, too, he says, I had an epiphany, but my doctors told me I'm having a psychotic break. Right. Yeah. Like, that's how, like, this whole man's mindset changed. Again, like he said, I had an epiphany and I realized that this was horrible and I can't do this anymore. And his doctors literally called it a psychotic break. Like that's, that's how hard this is weighing on this man. And then we wrap it up by Cassie going back to her car and there's like a guy waiting like by the hood of her car and he's like, am I going in now? And she's like, 
no, it's fine. And he's like, do I still get paid? And she's like, yeah. So the implication is that she was going to kill this guy. Yeah, like, with the a guy hit- definitely looked like a hitman. With a hitman, which is like, <laughs> like by far like the most aggressive we've yeah, gone we've so seen. far yeah. with what she was willing to do. Because mm-hmm. even when she was like confronting guys pretending to be drunk, she didn't right. kill them. Or even if it wasn't like too intentionally kill him it was at least to beat him up yeah you know even if she didn't pay this guy off to kill the lawyer he was definitely gonna go in there and and beat him up like he was a big beefy guy that that was the intention i forget what four was because five was the party right four Four. was what was four oh my god yeah you didn't write... Did you write the rest down? No. Oh. <laughs> I didn't write any of them down. Well, let's see. She... Alfred Molina... She went to go see Nina's mom. I don't was think that, that was four? four, though. Okay. I think that was, like, in between. Wasn't... I think four was, like, the Ryan thing. With, like, the... the like, love. with the video. Oh, with the video? Yeah. Oh. I think that's what it was. Yeah, maybe, because, like, she kind of stopped it around there. Well... Because around she... that point is when they actually started forming their relationship right because she went and saw nina's mom and nina's mom was like you have to stop like just go live your life you're not doing anything that's good for you or for nina's memory um and so cassie's like okay like i'm gonna give this up and then she goes and she starts having a relationship with ryan um who's the Bo Burnham. yeah um and so then we have their whole montage of them like falling in love and Cassie having a healthy relationship with a man and all this stuff. Uh, but like I was saying, like it, the way that it's like contrasted to the rest of the movie, like you see how horrible guys are yeah. and like what they're willing to do just for a hookup right. type thing. But then this is when you see like a real, a real nice guy. Yeah. In, in a way. But it's also because she's changed her mindset at this yeah. point. It's mm-hmm. because she's decided that, okay, I won't let these predatorial men run my life anymore. I'm going to change the way I look at things. And that's when she's actually able to open herself up and have a healthy relationship, healthy in quotes, with this Ryan guy. So that that's why I think it feels a little almost out of place in this movie. I think it's because we're seeing her actually have like a switch in her lifestyle. I mean, like I said, I kind of think that um, the filmmaker included it just to kind of show that contrast to where like, I mean, she's not obviously saying that in real life, every single male is bad. No, I think that that was definitely put in the movie as that intention as well. As the intention that you're saying that, like, yeah, yeah, even like, a even a quote unquote good guy could have skeletons in his closet. Yeah, and I guess like the devil's advocate a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. I don't see why he would have told her already. Like within like a week of dating, you know what I mean? Like yeah. about him being involved or right. I mean, maybe like he knew that she wouldn't. But it's like, when do you say that? Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he kind of he did. He just hoped that it would get brushed under. Yeah, he and, wasn't like, going to bring it up at all. <laughs> forgotten about and. Like we're saying, like we find out later in the movie, he's a piece of shit. Like aside yeah. from his involvement to what he does at the end of the movie, yeah. like which is yeah. So yeah, basically, what drives the plot further is that Madison comes back, Alison Brie, and she says 
you know, hey, did this, she shows up at Cassie's house because she's so desperate to know if this man that Cassie paid off took advantage of her. And that's when Cassie finally says, no, I'm sorry that I was so mean and rude about that, you know, because now she's changed her mindset. She's like, I'm sorry. That was really bad of me, you know, and then Allison Bree says, well, there was a video that went around of what happened to Nina and everybody, you know, was kind of laughing at it and everything in college. And I saved my phone. Here's the video. If you want to watch it, never contact me again. And then she leaves. And so Cassie then immediately watches the video and guess whose voice is in it? Mr. Burnham. Ryan's, her boyfriend, that she just admitted that she's falling in love with him and all this stuff. And so her whole world just crumbles around her. And we're not explicitly told or implied like if he was involved in the act or if he was just the cameraman recording we don't know because we didn't again we don't see the video but it's clearly his voice uh, in the video so he was at least there again he can't play the the innocent bystander card uh because he was there and he didn't do anything about it exactly i actually kind of want to bounce back a little bit to their uh relationship yeah and when they had the uh the dinner with uh, Cassie's parents. Oh, uh, yeah. And like I said, it, it felt like a real, like, romance type movie. Because yeah. it was super awkward. Like, the dinner was meant to be really awkward. Right. And there was even, like, uh, like wind instruments played, like, to make it seem, like, really... <laughs> yeah. It was, it was like, really... really setting the mood. It was so yeah. funny, like I said. Like, I, I feel like she included it, the filmmaker, to just kind of... Just not full satire, but to, like, show it. Mm-hmm. And... I'm having a hard time, like, articulating it just because, like, it's it's so weird. And, like, yeah. I personally, like, I don't mind admitting it. I don't fully understand it. Right. Like, the way that it's supposed to be played yeah. in the movie. Like, because the contrast between that and, like, the other subject matter is, like, night and day. Like, you don't do that because you want to tell both stories and you mush them together. I, like, she knows what she's doing. Yeah. Film. I think it's just to add to the fact that Cassie thought she could have a normal life yeah i think that that's that's part of it and she wants to show hey look cassie's having a normal relationship she's having a healthy relationship she's capable her boy right that she is capable of having these healthy relationships with men you know and then it crumbles all around her but i think i think that's really the main reason we see so much of them being in love and doing all this mushy stuff together is just so that we can see that, yes, Cassie is capable of having a relationship with a man and being happy. And then from there, we go into part five, essentially, which is the last part. She goes to Ryan's workplace. Mm-hmm. She confronts him about it. She's like, tell me where their bachelor party is or I'll fucking tell everybody about this tape. Like, she blackmails him because, yep. I mean, working with kids especially, like, yeah. if that comes out, you're done. Like, that's... Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about license revoking, but, like, you're not going to work. Probably license revoking. You think so? Yeah. Um, so she blackmails him. She gets the information to where Al's party is, which Al is the... The bachelor. Yeah, who committed the, the bulk of... The Becca's crime. just being dumb. Uh, <laughs> the, the bulk of the crimes. And we... The... The party was set up in, like, a log cabin. It was really remote, which is important. Yes. And she ends up finding where they, they are. And if you've seen the trailers when she's dressed up in, like, the blue 
and pink hair and like the mm-hmm. nurse's outfit. The like that's the end of the movie. Yeah. So she goes in, um, pretend she's the stripper. Essentially. She brings like a giant bottle of vodka yeah. and she, she makes all the other guys drink and she brings Al upstairs to his bachelor party. Uh, so they can pretend to do the sex, whatever. Yeah. Uh, she roofied the drink. <laughs> so all the guys are passed out. <laughs> and then from there, she finally confronts him and, she explains why she's doing this and how she ruined Nina's life and her life arguably too. Yeah. Yeah. How he just destroyed everything. And he, he doesn't even care. That's the thing. He's like, why are you doing this to me? I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm sorry. He kept saying, I "I was just a kid. I was just a kid, which is Ryan said that too. At one point he was like, I was just a kid then you're not a kid when you're in med school, by the way. Um, so <laughs> yeah. And then at one point Cassie's like, I swear to God, if I hear that one more time, and I was yeah. like, thank you. Yeah. Cause that's all the time. It's, oh, well that was so long ago. How could you, how could you hold that against me now? For sure. And then we get into what Cassie wants to do. Mm-hmm. And she, she hints at her, uh, <clears throat> her med school past. Mm-hmm. And she was kind of saying how when Nina was still around, uh, whenever, Nina would essentially hear her name. She would hear your name. Like you essentially took her over. Exactly. Not not by choice, but whenever she thought of anything to do with her, she thought of you. And And that's how people would think of her too. People would, people wouldn't look at her and say, oh, hey, that's Nina. Like she's a really good student and she wants to do this and this and this. They would look at her and say, hey, that's Nina. That's the girl that Al did that thing to. Yeah, exactly. Which is what happens to girls in real life. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You get slut shamed. Yeah, exactly. Like, Like, that's the thing. Like, you aren't you anymore. You are essentially like something, a trophy for that man. And um, as Cassie's going on about this, she says how she thought it was fucked up, how your name was always taking over her name. And she's like, I think it should be the other way around. So I think you should be erased with her name. So yeah. the implication was that she was going to carve Nina all over him, which, which would have been fucking metal. Metal. I was just about to say yeah. that, which is fucking metal. Fucking I was metal. like, oh, hell yeah, girl. Get it to it. And we, we think we know how the movie is going to wrap up here. She's going to do that. Peace out while everyone's drunk. He's, um, we forgot to say, when they go upstairs, she actually handcuffs him. To, right. You know, like the fake sex. With the fuzzy whatever. cuffs. Yeah. yeah. So we, we think we know what's going to happen. Uh, as she's going in with the knife, he actually uh, breaks free out one of, of one of his arms. Out of one of the handcuffs. And uh, this is this is where I got scared because, like, the rest of the movie was perfect. And he kills Cassie. Yeah. Uh, what ends up happening is that he puts a pillow over her and just holds her until she stops breathing. And he's still handcuffed and he's crying and freaking out but like he was the way he was saying it he was like stop moving stop moving like he wasn't like i think he said i don't want to do this but he was still doing it so here i think this scene was really important and i think the way that they did it was fucking perfect and i'll explain why so normally so they're on a bed right so he takes a pillow and puts it over her face Normally in movies, when we see this happen, it's like real quick, right? Like you put it over somebody's face, they struggle a little bit, then they're dead. This scene was uncomfortably long. Too long. 
but it, it's However, supposed to However, that's what it would be like in real life. And it shows the fact that he is committed to killing her. He could have at any point in time during like this one to two minute long scene of her just struggling under this pillow while he has her, his knee holding it down on top of her face. He could have stopped. He could have stopped at any point in time and changed his mind, but he did it. He was committed to getting rid of her and everything that she knew about him and all of this stuff because he didn't he didn't want that all of that coming out about him. What what I kind of like though and to kind of go back on when we're sort of first introduced to to Al in this light is the whole time he's like a sniveling baby. So like the way but like you yeah. know that was intentional. Oh yeah. Like you I'm sure, like, the, the direction for him was to kind of, you know, act like you're a giant baby. Mm-hmm. Well, even when she shows up to the house originally, he's like, oh, my wife's going to be, well, my fiance's going to be so mad. I wasn't supposed to have strippers. She's going to be so mad at me. Oh, my God. But, like, he's acting like, like a child. Like, yeah. even when he's killing her, he's like, just shut up. Shut yeah, up. Yeah, like, like, just stop moving. Yeah. It, it'll all be okay if you just stop moving. I'll stop, I'll stop killing you if you just stop struggling. It really shows, like, the how how he a person thinks. who's capable yeah. of doing that like what their mentality would actually be when they're confronted with anything that doesn't bend to them right exactly yeah she confronted him and he kills her because she's not doing what he wants her to do yeah so as you were saying like the the scene was super long and like they they hold on it essentially oh, yeah i mean i think they zoom in a little bit but like they hold on that and you just like you kind of hear her Slowly dying. Yeah. Dying. Like, I mean, kind of like the whining and like yeah. sort of moaning and She's like you struggling. see her hand. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, he ends up killing her. And yeah. then one of the other um, guys who was with the bachelor party, mm. uh, assumedly his best friend, Schmidt from New Girl, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, Schmitty. I still just see, I, I still just see Schmidt. Me too. You can't see the actor. Don't know his name. He's Schmidt. Know. He's Schmidt. <laughs> Uh, they end up deciding, well, this is important. So he comes up and he thinks that Al's fucking with him. He's like, oh shit, she's actually dead. Like, Yeah, like he thought he was joking. He was like, haha, good joke. Yeah. Like, she's not dead. But you, then as You soon killed as... the stripper at your bachelor party. I think at one point he's like, how 90s of yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like... Uh, as soon as like he finds out that like she's actually dead though, he's like, Al, it's not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong. It was okay? an accident, right? And like this whole like, it just screams like the toxic masculinity yeah. of like she was asking for it this right is the culture she could have ruined your life yeah it's the culture of these guys that are are like this these you know i you didn't do anything wrong right it was an accident right right yeah so what they they end up doing is they uh they uncuff al and then they get rid of her the body they don't bury her they burn her yeah which is gross i don't know why you would choose that because i mean thinking about it like it would smell. Yeah, it would smell really bad. And with so, like, I, yeah, I didn't understand that. Well, choice, I thought with like I all suppose. the your other friends there, if it was just the two of you, okay. But like with ten other people, well, there, they it's said, like, oh, we'll get rid of it after everybody else leaves. I thought they said before everybody else gets up. Maybe that oh. it was. It was meant so that the other guys at the bachelor party didn't find out, though. Yeah, they weren't in on it. It was just the two of them. And we assumed that was how the the movie was going to wrap up. 
I'll and I was very angry at this I point. I was too. I was like, we can't drop the ball on this. Please. I was like, ready it, to give this you movie this, a zero. It leaves you with this discomfort because you're like, you can't let that personality win. That person win. Right. And you're, you're set up even before that. I was thinking, I'm like, she's too smart to just. Well, that's what not... I was thinking. I was like, she's way too smart to not have something have been recorded while this was happening or let somebody know her whereabouts. Exactly. Like she has played this game for so long. She knows what she's doing. And then what we end up doing is uh, we cut to her parents who they file a police report. They file her as a missing persons. Um, I thought this scene was important too. Uh, mm-hmm. a detective goes to see Ryan. Yep. And he talks to him and I'm laughing thinking about it because the detective was like, yeah, I talked to her parents. She seemed kind of crazy, you know, like mm-hmm. she might've just left. And he's like, oh The detective yeah. is a man, by the way. Yeah. A white male. Yeah. yeah. And, um, obviously Cassie had just threatened Ryan like a day or so ago about. It, didn't, it was did like any, a week prior. Was it a week? Okay. Yeah. Uh, that if she. That if he did anything, like, she would release the, the yeah. footage and ruin his life, everything like that. So when the cops, when the detective is interviewing him, he's like, do you know anything? Do you know where she would have gone? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't know. No. Yeah. And he's like, like this yeah, was she his seemed... chance to redeem himself. I literally said out loud, please do the right thing. And there was the pause, too. Like, he stopped. He thought about it. And, like, that's how, that's uh, when they cemented that. No matter how good a guy seems, they can turn yep. whenever. And exactly. That's, that's kind of when... Because the, the, him being at the, the the Nina thing, yeah. like that's one thing. But like to when he has something right there in front of him when he's like 30, yeah. 31. And he's like, nope, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where she could have gone. I don't know what happened. And all he had to say was, oh, yeah, I think she went to this place. He didn't have to say what was involved. He sure. didn't have to say... He didn't go to the bachelor party, so he wasn't involved in the bachelor party scene at all. So he wouldn't have been implicated in her murder then if he had just explained what was going on, but he didn't. Absolutely. And then we wrap up with uh, the wedding, the wedding of Al's Al wedding. and his wife. And we're we're getting into it. We're kind of setting up. It's it's a white people wedding. So. Oh, yeah. There's hippie, dippy things going on. I don't even know. And then while Ryan was there, he got a text. And it was from Cassie. Yeah. And it said uh, up top that it was like a... A scheduled message. Scheduled message, essentially. Yes. And what we end up finding out is that Cassie didn't know for sure that anything would happen to her. But... Just she wanted a backup plan in case she died. So she set up a, a letter with all the information and the phone that had the, the video on it video. of Nina. She sent it to Alfred Molina's character, who was the lawyer. The lawyer. And she told him, if anything happens to me, this is what happens. Yep. And she put a lot of faith in him. Yeah. Like, if if he was lying, if he was bullshitting, then he could have just looked at it, thrown it out right. and nothing would have happened. But, but I feel like he she wanted knew. to do, yeah, she he knew. wanted to do good. And she mm-hmm. knew that he was being honest with yeah. what happened. So he called the cops. He told them, I don't know what's happening, but something fucked up happened. Right. You got to investigate over there. So they end up doing a search around there. They find her ashes. They actually yep. found, uh, uh, she wore Nina's necklace. They had mm-hmm. like a broken, you know, like, like a when, best friend's necklace. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With the, the heart that's yeah. cut in half. Yeah. So they had that and they found that in like the ash pile, which kind of yep. helped identify. Yeah. And they arrested Ryan or uh, they arrested Al. 
Yep. And potentially Ryan. I mean, he could eventually I, get linked to something. Yeah, but like, they he didn't. Was just, I mean, a bunch of cops showed up. Schmidt uh, ran away. Schmidt ran, which is fucking <laughs> he, was, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm out of here. But and I they think, did arrest Al. I think Ryan was supposed to be like, you know, for the audience to be like, this is her final plan. Uh-huh. You know, and it's well, still possible he could have gotten arrested. Yeah. And the messages even say, like, the messages that were sent to Ryan say, like, I bet you thought this was over, didn't you? Yeah. And then it, like, it's, like, the dot, dot, dot. Like, that. it's, like, typing. And then she says, like, well, it is now. And then she goes, enjoy the wedding. Yeah. It's like, and it was, like, uh, you badass bitch. It was from Cassie and Nina. And then it was, like, a the, winky last, face. the last message of the movie was a winky face. And then we get credits. so perfect. Uh, this uh, movie was incredible, and uh, if you have any interest in watching it, we watched it on Amazon Video. Yeah. It was only six bucks to rent. Yeah. Uh, HD, I think standard definition was like five bucks, whatever. Please watch this movie. Please support shit like this. Like this is it the was stuff. Great. This is the stuff that I'll talk about and be like, no, no, go watch this. Like Godzilla versus Kong. I'm like, yeah, watch it if you want. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, Justice League. It was really good, but like you know, watch it if you want. Mm-hmm. Like this is good quality original movie shit like watch and support this please yeah like this is kind of the stuff that we get passionate about and that we're gonna try to talk about more of in the future and personally i think that if you're a woman you need to watch this because it's empowering it did i was like i was hyped at the end like i was so angry at the end that i thought it was gonna end like this and i was like no it can't end like this this is too real like this is supposed to be a movie and then when Cassie pulls her shit, I was like, oh, hell yeah, girl. Like, I was into it. It felt so good to put these trash men where they belong. At first, like, I, for like a split second, I'm like, I don't like that. But like, the, the more that you think about it, it's like, she had to give up everything just to make sure that like, somebody actually was punished for was what punished. they did. And exactly. like, it, like, even that, like, her fucking death is a commentary on, like, a gir- two girls have to die for one guy to get arrested. Exactly. Like, it's just, like, But fuck, unfortunately, like, yeah, like, this is the real life thing. Like, people don't believe women. And that's why I think that if you're a woman, you should definitely watch this movie. Because it is. It shows what happens on a daily basis to women. And... You know, like, how these guys get away with it and how years later they're still the same trash men. and But now they have wives and kids and jobs, so everybody thinks that they're better when they're not. It would, And it's really nice to just see them get put in jail for once <laughs> and we get arrested. We don't see him in jail. We but don't yes, see him in jail, him but arrested. the implication is, you know, he got arrested for her murder and there's a lot of evidence. Absolutely. So, you know, it, it's it's refreshing to see. Absolutely. Um, I think that's about it for yeah. the show. It's literally, it's pitch black right it's now. It's dark. We started recording at like, like 5.30 and yeah, yeah. we're, uh, we're at like 2.45 right oh, now. Yeah. I think this is our longest. Yeah. Justice League was like 2.30, mm-hmm. but we talked about good shit. A lot of it, yeah. you know, was filled up by the Ray Fisher stuff, which was mm-hmm. important and we wanted to talk about. Exactly. And we're not always going to talk about political stuff, but no. it was like, like I said before, it's rights for people shouldn't be uh, a political issue it's not yeah and it it does tie in i mean it's not like i pulled a random political thing out of the news i'm like i want to talk about this like no we're gonna talk about it if it's still in this realm yeah and if it's still you know pertinent to like what the the topic is exactly the the whole show um 
So thanks for watching or yeah. watching. Thanks for listening. <laughs> if you've uh, heard squeaks the past few, like 20 minutes, I've been talking too long. So I'm starting to get a little. Kenny's little actually uh, a pubescent boy. So. Well, I don't talk a whole lot. So yeah, once we get to this point, like my, I'm right there. <laughs> Voice is struggling. So let's wrap We're this up. We're both pubescent boys. Surprise. Uh, if you like the show, follow us at Twitter at HST1Pod. Uh, Gmail. Uh, or if you want to send us an email, HST1Pod at gmail.com. Um, speaking of great movies, next week I think we're going to watch The New Mutants. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It just got added to HBO Max. Dang, So all I right. was like, fuck it. Nothing's coming out next week. Uh, we were going to do Mortal Kombat. It got pushed back a week. Right. So look forward, question mark, to New Mutants next week. Yeah. And we'll talk about a shit movie. Woo. Um, enjoy your night, guys. And we'll talk to you next week with yeah. New Mutants. Bye. Bye.